Hi, everybody. Welcome to Mormonish. I'm Rebecca. And I'm Landon. And we have with us again the fabulously wonderful and Christmassy looking Dr. Monique. How are you today? I'm great. I showed you my mug instinctively to make it very clear how Christmassy <laughs> I am. You are very Christmassy. <laughs> That's right. And this is sort of a Christmas because we're airing it right after Christmas, but right before New Year's, it's kind of a hybrid Christmas, yes. New Year's. We've got everything. Let's see. There we go. We've got it all. <laughs> this is the top shocking moments in Mormonism 2023. Now, I know a lot of other shows, including like, say, Mormon News Roundup, are doing a kind of hard hitting top 10 of the top national news stories. That's great. We love that. But we also thought there are so many moments in Mormonism this year that made us go, what? is happening yeah, <laughs> that we these thought are the what the f moments in mormonism that should have been the title what the f yeah <laughs> the, these moments i mean don't you agree monique there's i'm worried so i just year. i haven't <clears throat> we i wasn't gonna look ahead and it, i'm kind of glad i didn't as it worked out yeah. because we're yeah. gonna, i might have some shock factors i'm, yeah. I'm curious <laughs> right. to see if i know everything on here but it's been quite the year so <laughs> that's right. We'll we'll get uh we'll get Monique's unscripted reaction to all the stories. Yeah, and in preparing this, we went through and we're like, I'd forgotten about that. I mean, there's <laughs> there's been a lot of traumatic things, but we're gonna cover it right here on Mormonish because that's what we do. So we're just gonna dive in. These are what we consider the moments, like Landon said, that just made us go, What is happening? And we'll see if you agree. Please uh chat with us and tell us what you think or tell us if we've missed any moments. So I think we dive right in. So, of course, <laughs> the first most shocking moment to me, and again, these are not in any order. These are just like these happened. Um, the LDS vice, the LDS statement in vice news condemning Tim Ballard. Can you see that enough to read that, Monique? Yeah. Do you want me to read it? Yeah, let's do it. All right. LDS statements in Vice News. President Ballard and Tim Ballard, no relation, established a friendship a number of years ago. That friendship was built on a shared interest in looking after God's children wherever they are and without regard to their circumstance. However, that relationship is in the past. For many months, President Ballard has had no contact with the founder of Operation Underground Railroad, our the nature of that relationship was always in support of vulnerable children being abused, trafficked, and otherwise neglected. Once it became clear that Tim Ballard had betrayed their friendship through the unauthorized use of President Ballard's name for Tim Ballard's personal advantage and activity regarded as morally unacceptable, President Ballard withdrew his association. President Ballard never authorized his name or the name of the church to be used for Tim's, per for Tim's personal or financial interests. In addition, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints never endorsed, supported, or represented our Tim Ballard or any projects associated with them. President Ballard loves children all over the world. It has been his mission and life's work to look after them, care for them, and point them to their savior. Oh, thank you. So this kind of kicked everything off, didn't it? This suddenly appeared in Vice News, not a regular church source, not the church newsroom. Um, and this, why did this, Appear, Landon. Let's refresh everybody's memory. Well, uh, why did this appear? Yeah. Well, yeah, we, because a, a big news article is Vice News article was about to come out. Uh, in fact, this is, was released in Vice News, but the church knew that it was completely uh, involved with this. That its top leaders were involved with this. That uh, uh, politicians were involved with this. Uh, so. Uh, it, it had to hurry and put something out quickly to disassociate themselves with it. And 
And and I have to say, it's 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 not a bad statement. Uh, it, it's probably true when it says President Ballard never authorized his name or the name of the church to be used for Tim's personal or financial interest. That's true. It was for Elder Ballard's uh, personal or financial interest that uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was allowing it to be used. Watch it appears from some of the things we're finding out. So, uh, and the fact that everybody's using children to cover it, you know, this is, this whole organization was all about protecting against, you know, uh, being children being used. And yet everyone's using the love of children as their excuse for doing all what's of this. That, what's that famous yeah. last days thing in the last days, what's good will be called bad and bad will yes. be called good. I'm like, well, you guys, you're, you're showing us what you meant now. Now we get it. Yeah, <laughs> such a great observation. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So this just kicked off a firestorm of craziness because people did not believe that this was from the church news, yes. LDS church. And so nobody knew what to think whatsoever but and of course then it just got crazier from there didn't it so yeah, the this first was, 48 I think the hours remember the first 48 hours when this came out everyone's going no it's it, it it's true no it's not true no the church to put it out yes the church is is you know and everyone's going no even even yeah. Tim Ballard himself had to come out and say, ah, this isn't the church uh, right. you know. and we're gonna show that for sure and again the church easily could have cleared this up by saying on some of their trusted sites, the church newsroom or the church news, yes, we said this, but to this day, they have still never said it. And there are still people that believe this statement was never made. A recent article about the psychic Janet Rusan, who we'll talk about later, said she still doesn't believe that the church made this statement. I, yeah, yeah, it's wild, wild. Yeah, crazy. All right, what is our next uh, shocking moment when we learned about the couple's ruse. Can you describe to us, Monique, what is the couple's ruse? <laughs> I'm still trying to figure it out. I feel like there's 50 working definitions at the moment, depending on who's updating the our Wikipedia fast enough. But um, yeah, it, evidently it's some sort of an, I, I don't know if this is a normal word in spy games and like coat, like under, I don't know, but I've never heard of this. It seems like a made up thing. Yeah, certainly in this context, it's entirely fabricated. But the couple's ruse is when a fake husband and wife pretend they're, you know, in acting mode in an undercover fashion to save children. People that are not married pretend that they're married. And I guess it's so that the traffickers who want to get the wife to do something immediately won't be able to and he the whole like i don't even understand the trafficker part like i've never heard of a pimp going before i make this transaction i need you to prove to me you're real nasty can you yes. get your wife to drop i've never heard of this but, but in other words for him to have to say oh i can't i would love to do that terrible disgusting yeah. thing because i'm such a terrible human i would do it but my but wife yeah. over there, I, I just happened to yeah. bring her along on this vacation and she would be <laughs> so something something like that, I guess, makes them safer, uh, as well as allows him to be faithful to his wife. Yes. Because they're only pretending to have intercourse, which as per court documents and allegations has been all sorts of nasty, disgusting, sexually inappropriate things. But that's the couple's ruse. A fake couple created yeah. to save children in yeah. Hollywood in Hollywood. In Hollywood and protect each other from having to do something untoward. To because keep each other wholesome. Yes, because then yeah. the fake wife gets in there and says, not my man, you know, yeah. you're not doing that with my man. So 
Yeah, it's and I don't believe that it is a real thing anywhere else using law like, enforcement or I, undercover. I mean, it's ruse. kind of brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now ruse is the buzzword, right. right? We hear ruse everywhere, all over the place. So <laughs> in order to not do disgusting <laughs> things, we need to practice doing disgusting right, things. Right, right, so right, we right. Can look it. like we can do disgusting things if it's, we need uh, to. Uh, to avoid doing disgusting things. It's, it's <laughs> that, that's right. And I think our, our next uh, shocking moment was sort of a version or something that would happen during the couple's ruse. So we call this the alcohol <laughs> ruse. And again, it's another thing where we went, what? So as part of the couple's ruse, of course, is you have these two chaste people, you know, who are just pretending. And so you're in a bar, you're in a strip club. They might ask you, to drink alcohol. So part of this ruse is if the woman is asked to drink alcohol, you know, she can't say no, because then that's kind of like, well, are you really who you say you are? So she drinks the alcohol, but she quickly turns and kisses Tim, spits the alcohol into his mouth. He subtly turns to the side and spits it onto the ground. Now, we talked about this in a podcast before, of course, because everybody did. And we did have some viewers reach out to us and tell us they had tried it. And yes, we did. That was my question. Yes. And we encourage people to try it. And they're like, (laughs) I was not worth Can we please reenact this and just watch how utterly (laughs) unbelievable this looks? Like, have you guys ever in college, remember when you were trying to like, be not be real good and then when we're in college so you play games where you were as naughty as you could be without being naughty yeah pass the orange <laughs> yeah. like, like yeah. and it was very yeah. obvious i mean yeah. it, i'm pretty certain that no one was buying that so that's yeah. a cute tale, and, and i'm though. pretty sure that that would tip <laughs> off traffickers because they go what, what, saying, like, what are they doing <laughs> well i just tried it in my cup and it made a mess everywhere here did so. you just try it wait do it again yeah, do it again Landon's going to try it. So he takes it. He kisses someone. Oh, and he. Oh, oh my that, God. <laughs> Landon, that wasn't so bad. It's no, hard, no, hard no. to control where it goes, you know. Not weird at all. With so, practice, and, it's believable. And, and at Halloween, Mormonish put out a meme. I should have included it here where it was called the Halloween candy ruse. Like if you're given candy you don't like, you oh can spit gosh. it into the mouth of your partner. He'll spit it on the ground. So this ruse can be this ruse can be great <laughs> for mean. like New Year's dinner. If you're I at mean. grandma's house and she gives you meatloaf, you can just reach to your significant other spit it out they Dude. can spit <laughs> just like a mother bird pass it around like the like the telephone game you play only with food everyone just keep going till the end going, spit it out but again it was to keep your morality um while being in these very dark dangerous places all for the sake of rescuing children but again just getting weirder and weirder all right what else did we see along these lines that made us go oh my gosh okay well i think when we learned um, that Tim Ballard was getting a lot of his intel as far as where to rescue children from a psychic named Janet Rosan. And Landon, who who was Janet connecting with that was directing all the Underground Railroad operations? Well, everything was telling us it was Nephi. Uh, we, mm-hmm. we heard in the reports that it was mm-hmm. the prophet Nephi, uh, the, of Nephi of old, uh, the one we sing about in primary songs, that uh, he, she would call upon him and he would tell them where the children were and where to conduct the operations and where to conduct the, the rescue. And obviously, you know, what better intel could you have than from Nephi, the angel? Um, I think in some of the later, uh, uh, she's come out now recently and saying it's, it was Nephi Anderson, some mm-hmm. relative of 
Because that makes great, it so much better. I mean, yeah. you know, it's his dead relative who's telling us where to go. <laughs> you silly people. <laughs> right. And oh, as long as it wasn't Nephi. Right. Yeah. <laughs> as long as you're all risking your lives at made up operations while leaving family behind while she's coloring pictures, talking to that Nephi. Not, not, not that colorful made up Nephi. Either way, people. <laughs> it's all fine. And I think the bottom line is that, you know, there were millions of dollars being pumped into these organizations, yes. these operations. There were donors that were, and nobody knew that this is where the intel was coming from. I assume they thought it was other kinds of channels, you know, informants and other kinds of ops. No, it was right. somebody if, if psychic, right? just great grandpa, uncle Nephi, yeah. whatever related to Tim, if it was really him, yeah. I would just like to know what his credentials are in terms of, you know, yeah. operations they're like, like that. <laughs> they're paying her a thousand dollars an hour yeah, for a reading, salary. something like that. So of course she, she had like 10,000 readings. <laughs> Can't blame her. <laughs> I guess she spent a lot of time talking to this guy. <laughs> She did. And apparently she still you know, by, stands by yeah, all of it. Yeah. No, she still says, you know, the church statement was not she correct. Still, she does. She says yeah. that. Yeah, I was trying to watch it, that. but I felt like her yeah. podcast was so victim blamey. I almost yeah. threw up. So I can't watch some it. Articles, but she but, yeah. says that, that I was trying to figure out, I'm like, where do people still stand? I don't understand how active members, TBN members are still questioning if this came from the church. Like that's so bonkers. Yeah. I know she's definitely on board. So, but okay. <laughs> All right. There we go. Another crazy moment. What else? Oh, oh my goodness. I knew this would pop up at some point. Okay. And I, no pun intended. Yeah. So we all learned a new word this year. And I don't know. Does anyone uh, pronounce, uh, how do, how do we pronounce Is this it word? Poder? Poder, something like that. Yes. We learned this word because Poder. Poder. in order in order to appear authentic, um, we learned through a photo that Tim had to have henna tattoos applied to his body yeah. to make sure that he would, you know, if he had to strip down to prove that he was, you know, a bad guy, he would he would have the tats, right? So you see, you've got his arm, he's got a big snake, he has a cross, and then everybody was strangely drawn to, you know, right above groin level, I guess I should say, this word spelled J-O-D-E-R. And so everybody oh, instantly. I thought it was F. Oh, it's Hoder. No. Hoder. 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 Yeah. Hoder. Yeah. So we all looked it up right away because that's what you do. And <laughs> apparently as a verb, it means, well, it's the F word. Um, and as a noun, it's an F. At least, at least yeah. he did his research and got some real authentic yep. choices yep. In, the, in the body art because that's believable. Yes. Uh, yeah. all, all, all of his Spanish clients were oh. were immediately, oh, oh he's the man. Yes, <laughs> he's well, great. He's, he's this, good. The thing yep, that killed no, me and, the most was when I found out who released the picture. Yeah. And who did release the picture? He released the picture, did he not? He released it on that podcast he went on. I oh, about, okay. I didn't know for sure. I, and then yeah. unless, unless information's changed, I was, I'm pretty certain okay. it, it was part of his evidence of the couple's room. <laughs> Yeah, no, and Monique knows I we should tell our listeners and viewers because she did briefly work um in the back office at the OUR CrossFit gym about 10 years ago. There is an episode that we will link in the show notes where she talks about that experience and and everything that she knows about OUR. So so yeah, I think maybe you're right on that, but definitely he's just trying to prove that these but are the things. Just like, I I'm, had go, to I'm, do. I'm gonna I'm willing to make myself go down by releasing things that make me look so incriminating. 
Yes. So long as I look hot, as long like, as I look as long hot. as the ladies know. I mean, but look at my look at my CrossFit body. That I just can't That's see right. that as as any other thing than yeah. oh here I am, ladies. It, yeah. it blew my mind when I saw this. Yeah, no, it's a shocking picture, and we had to see it probably for like three weeks. I think it ran through the cycle. You'd, you'd log on. Oh my God, I forgot. Yeah. Yes, yes, it was much. It was too much. Yep, T M I T I M, right? T M I. Ah, oh my, I got it. <laughs> All right, so we learned a new word, and we saw things we didn't necessarily want to see. What else happened? Oh my goodness. Okay, okay. This, this just this recently just came out a couple weeks ago. Um, so as reported uh, by Adam Herbert's Fox Thirteen, this was um part of one of the trans transcripts of the lawsuits where Tim said, I will literally do anything to save children or trafficked women, anything in capital letters. I would F a goat or a pig or even a goldfish if it meant a child would be saved, wrote Tim Ballard in a text message to Celeste Boris, according to the lawsuit. So here's our dramatization of a fish going, say what? <laughs> <laughs> Tim's oh in the God. room. <laughs> yeah, but again, oh the point was brought up. He didn't say I would lay down my life. Well, he didn't say anything right. like that. Well, he, and, he goes and you into why. I think it's because if you you know if if you put something out there extremely gross, like like effing a a fish, which can't even be done, just sounds disgusting, right? Well, if you can do it, you might not want to publicize that because that <laughs> might have not, so, Don't practice. <laughs> don't practice. But but to sound to say something that like oh my gosh obviously nobody would ever want to do something that insane right. surely if you're that desperate to save children then then making me be your fake wife and letting you do these things to me to save the children how could I if you're willing to do something that awful how could I not be willing to do this and how could I not trust you like it's this very mind game I mean you can see it in everything you know but but yeah it's like you're willing to make yourself look disgusting to, to, to get your end. Like I'm willing to have people think I'm in a bestiality if that's what it takes to get mm -hmm. sexual power over these women. Yeah. I mean, that is like next level predatorial manipulation. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm surprised he didn't say I would yoder a, a goat or a oh fish. Who <laughs> <laughs> yoder? Yes. <laughs> yo, 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 do. How would you say I, yo, I don't even know how to say it. Someone will have to correct us. So. Oh yeah, gosh. it is part of the manipulation. But it just keeps getting right. crazy. But that's the thing. It's like the crazy. Now we're at that point where it's like the crazier it gets, the more people get just, okay, I'm used to it being crazy at this point. I'm going to let you get away with it. It's, it's, a, oh, yeah. it's a tactic. It's a tactic. I was just going to say that it absolutely is a tactic. And so the person that he sent this text to, of course, they're going to go, well, gosh, uh, yeah, we are in this world where, you know, black is white, up is down anything goes it's a manipulation tactic absolutely so i think we're gonna see a new a new movement instead of save the children it'll be save the goldfish uh yeah right <laughs> yeah save like i said keep them away from a giving machine because some of these things are offered in those all of those are in gotta there. be careful <laughs> yikes and again yeah probably not funny we probably shouldn't laugh okay next what else have we seen that's shocking okay this was interesting so so when all these allegations are coming out about Tim right away, the statement in Vice um, magazine 
Russell Brunson, who is an entrepreneur millionaire with his, with who started a company, who is a supporter of Tim and OUR, puts out a video where he wants to defend Tim and wants to let everybody know the church could not possibly have said this because this is how it works. He said in the video, Elder Russell Ballard contacted me and told me to come to his office and told me to support, support OUR. So this video was out there of him. It still is, as far as I know, defending um, the church and Tim Ballard and their relationship. And then just about a month ago, ABC4 ran a story on it. Why don't you tell us what happened with that, Landon? Because that was really interesting. Yeah. So ABC4 puts out a story. It shows up on the internet. Uh, it went out to the AP uh, and it goes out and it it basically tells exactly what uh, Brunson said that... Uh, that he'd been invited in to Elder Ballard's office and that Elder Ballard had asked him to donate. Uh, the quotes were directly from the video. Uh, it, it was very well done story, I thought. It was very accurate. Uh, like you saw also, it live? Yeah. It? Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's online and up to the AP News even, AP yep. put it out. And all of a sudden the story gets retracted. And and mm -hmm. when the story was put out, it said, you know, we, we uh, we will be adding to the story that there'll be more details added to the story in the future. But then all of a sudden the story's pulled mm -hmm. and everyone's going, what happened to the story? It got pulled from the AP. It got pulled from, from channel four. Uh, so uh, people started calling into the news station and they were told when they called in the news station that the bosses had asked them to pull it. And then we started writing into the uh, news desk and we got an answer from uh, the uh uh, I can't remember what her position is, but she said, no, I pulled the story. It just wasn't up to our journalistic integrity. And I wanted to have a chance to review it and, and go over some of the details. I can assure you that nobody uh, uh, had any undue influence. I am not LDS and there was no undue influence on this story, which is which just doesn't make any sense. The story was dead on what he'd said. Uh, why would you pull it other than, you know, that Sean Reyes, the attorney general's involved in this, uh, the church hierarchy's involved with this. That is and so they, disturbing. This is so dystopian to me when you find it's out dystopian. about private organizations pulling stories like yeah. news stories. Like that is the voice of the people. That is so freaky to me. No, I did not hear this. No, and someone else, someone else had called in initially and was told by somebody at ABC4 that the church had asked them to take it down do you remember that that, that somebody else let us know that i can't and then of course they... when the rest of us wrote in they said no that's not the case so we don't know what happened the story was eventually put back up but it was changed it was kind of watered down it was not what it was initially so interesting to think that some organization like the church would have enough power to actually get a news story removed if that's actually what happened it not only was it taken, not not only was it taken down, and then you know they said we're going to review it, and and then uh, and then we'll put it back up. Well, they waited two weeks to put it up. Yeah. By then, it's no longer a news story. A story. Elder and you Nelson, tell me, Elder Ballard had died. That. Yeah. Elder Ballard had died. He wasn't even a. It, yeah. it was a non-issue by the time it came yeah. out. It was like, well, we can't ever ask Elder Ballard now. So they put yeah. it back up. It's got all these details about Brunson and his business and what he how he came into all of his money, which had nothing to do with yeah. the, the Ballard story. It was a oh much gosh. clearer, clearer story. is like a him. creepy mafia movie where everything is ran by yeah. them. That's it. You said it. Creepy, creepy, creepy. It is. Yeah. And that's why we put this up there as one of the shocking moments, because it is scary to think that somebody has influence to actually affect the media.
All right, let's go to the next one. Okay. Oh, this is a good one. Uh, Near-death experiences. That's what, if you haven't heard that acronym, NDE, everybody's having one. This year, we heard of so many people. So um, Darren Scott, who is somebody who- What was his? I never created, knew Darren almost died. Yeah, created the movie The Oath. He had a near-death experience that encouraged him to go ahead and finish the project. Chad Daybill, of course, near-death experience. Um, Tom Harrison- who's very involved with Tim Ballard, who gives blessings to Tim Ballard, that Tim Ballard will be the prophet and the president of the United States. You can't make this up. He's had a near-death experience that he details in his book, Visions of Glory, that everybody's reading and being influenced by. Tim Ballard himself, of course, had a near-death experience. Um, Landon added this, Elder Holland, because <laughs> no, he I don't know if he did or not. He's been in poor health. We'll say that. <laughs> Landon, Landon. Well, I just remember he was going to SUU to yeah. speak, and, there and then was he a was bunch about to die. People yeah. up in arms about it, and all of a sudden he was in bad health. He was about to yeah. die, and then he shows up at and now he's, George Temple giving a. Now he's leading the Quorum of the Twelve. Yeah. So we don't know about that. And of course, Lori Daybell. So the bottom line about near death experiences, everyone's having one, is that I don't get it. Um, I don't get these what people it is. are. I know these people are using them to what is, gain it, what is it? Like now suddenly a car almost hit me. I almost died. Yeah. I've had a near-death yep, experience. Near experience. Like well, what does it mean? <laughs> well, and we did an episode on the near-death experiences and there is a lot to it. It really is a mental state. It's a real thing, but it doesn't mean that you've gone to the other side. But, I mean, I know what it is like doing. before all these people claim to have one, but I'm saying, am I to believe that Tim Ballard, like his heart stopped and he didn't have a pulse and we don't know it? Like yeah, did that actually happen? Or did he just also decide to have one suddenly? Well, like, do you know what I mean? You can have a near-death experience without even uh, yeah. uh, coming near death. Your body can yeah. just- uh, That's so your weird. Your body can and experience something that uh, makes it, like if you think you're going to die- That's uh, not what that means to most people as a term. Exactly. Yes. It's all physiological and your brain and like your Like even your I read Visions of Glory. We won't talk about that. We don't have time. But even in that yeah. book, I thought, why is this Tom Harrison acting like he's having like an like a- a vision of when he's he's not really dead he's just like having more of astral projection or something like he's yeah. not in a hospital not being unrevived your body you're right you're medically dead i always thought that's what a near-death experience was supposed to be no, no anyway and now it's like so everyone's like so i had this dream i think i almost died yeah. now i know how the world's gonna end it's getting weird it is getting weird. And what we tried to point out in our episode is if someone tells you you had one, that's great. That's their experience. But it does not give them any special power, any special no. insight. You should not base any of your life decisions on this person because it can get very dark. And I think we'll see that in our next clip where we talk about Lori Daybell. So, of course, um, all throughout the year, there were shocking moments with Lori in court. Things were coming out. It's such a tragedy. Um, but one of the things that was most shocking, we felt, was her final statement after she was pronounced guilty in the deaths of Tylee and um, of her other son, is that she started to talk about her near-death experience and how she knows that the children are just perfectly fine. It was yeah. very disturbing. So let's see if we can play that. It's a little dark, but I think we can at least hear it. I know that more than most people, I know where they are now and what they're doing. I know how wonderful heaven is and I'm homesick for it every single day. I know we all lived in heaven before we were born on earth and we were all adult spirits in the heavenly realm. We chose to come to earth as mortals. 
Heaven is more wonderful than you can possibly imagine. I do not fear death, but I look forward to it. I do not, I did not want to return to my body when I was out of it. Even though my son Colby, who I adored more than anything, was only six years old at the time, and I was about to give birth to this new baby girl that I wanted so badly. <laughs> I was a young mother, and you would think I wouldn't want to leave my children, but as I stood in heaven, I did not want to go back. I thought they would be fine without me because I was peaceful and I was happy and I was home. But then I was told by Jesus that I needed to go back and complete things that I had covenanted or promised to do before I was born. This caused me a lot of distress because I knew heaven was my real home and I only wanted to be there. I was free from pain, emotional and physical but then I was shown how I would help my children and others in the future. So ultimately, I did agree to go back to my body. I think that's the end of that. Kylie has visited me. Oh, she is. Yep. And then, and then she goes on to talk about how her children who were murdered um, have come to her and they're just happy and they're healthy and they're busy. She keeps talking about them being busy, which is such an LDS buzzword, right? When someone passes away, you're busy, busy, busy doing missionary work. So, but again, near death and a special message where Jesus says you need to go back and you have something important to do. And I don't know. What do you think? Do you Monique, have you heard that before? No, I hadn't heard uh, that before. I've, sorry. I've been following this off and on, but it's just yeah. like so much, you know? But what struck me was how much that sounded like a testimony. Like the like like literally, I'm like, she believes this the exact same way people believe. I know this church is true and I know that we'll be together if we just cover our shoulders and tell gay people that they're sinners. Like it's literally like, whoa. It's just it's mind blowing when you understand more and more how people can just believe anything. Cause she seems to actually believe this shit. And it's like you're listening to a woman who murdered her children talk like this it's it's psychotic there's a fine line it's and, like and cult it's the to the extreme right mm -hmm. i did it for the lord he told me to do it mm -hmm. and so as long as the lord tells you to do something it should be okay uh, which which we knows. we deem anyone who does anything wrong under that guise is criminal unless of course you decide that you believe they were called of god yourself and then mm -hmm. we say oh but you know well he was just a man and make mistakes yeah. <laughs> bishops make mistakes like okay hold on <laughs> no and we see that in a lot of the shocking moments of this year i'm realizing that people are operating above the law with a higher law i like to call it laban's law right it's better that you know you sometimes have to do horrific things for a greater good yes. that's how tim was operating that's how yeah. Lori is operating it's this mindset that i think high control high demand religions with mysticism um kind of push you into and it can turn really dark really fast so well, it's it's the way the church was uh acting with the sec uh we yeah, that's don't true have too. to follow the law we're we're yeah. we have a higher calling than, yep. than 
you do with government. So we're wow. okay. So. I know it's all connected. All these shocking moments are connected and not just by Mormonism. So, yeah. all right. So that was very disturbing again um, to our audience, to our viewers and listeners. We're speeding through these things so we can cover a lot. There are other shows and even our own show has covered a lot of this in depth if you want to dig in, but this is just a quick overview of all the shocking moments. Um, the Tom Harrison blessings. Oh my goodness. So you have read Tom Harrison's book, Visions of Glory, Monique. Why don't you just <clears throat> tell us a little bit about what that sure, book okay. is? is that is just i mean that's all anybody talks about sure. it seems to be at the root of many things that happened this year they're so connected tim ballard it all goes back to this book visions of glory yeah it's the spider web is starting to blow my mind of all the connections so yeah i read it and listened to it over the years and I've always read and loved all of these end of times books. And anyway, we don't need to go into the psychology about the broken brain and why I might've been into that. But the point is, um, it's a book about, and it always seemed harmless. Even when everything was getting crazy today, I'm like, how can anyone make any, it was just a weird book. Like it was just weird guys dreams. Like maybe it happened, maybe it didn't, but he goes into, because he's really sick, he keeps having near death experiences or out of body experiences, like constantly, like in his bed, he's like, oh, now I'm floating again. And now there's this angel with me and that like giving him visions of what's about to happen and then it does happen and then salt lake flooded and it's this, it's like kind of detail by detail for everyone that's dying for the end of times and dying watching the signs and our little check things we check off in seminary and put in your scriptures i mean i feel like we were groomed to be like watch for the signs you know and so this book was like oh my gosh this is like manna is like filled with more signs and this guy like he's in good standing with the church that means it must be like like blessed it's okay to believe this maybe i can have my own experiences and anyway he goes through but his timeline also was strange it doesn't really match up with doctrine I, I kept being confused like calling my mom like mom i thought at the last days like jesus comes at this time but this guy says that jesus is like hanging out in a cave with joseph smith but no one knows for 20 years do you know if this do i have it wrong like so it's like yeah, he took some license let's yeah, say that he you know the 12 license. tribes come out of the ground in the caves and um you know the the chinese are invading and and Jesus is chilling for a bit while the Chinese are invading. I'm like, that what? Oh, so it's, it, but it's very detailed in his, his dream. Like he had a detailed dream. And so for people that are just hungry for any crumbs of like, when is Jesus coming and what will it be like, you know, waiting for destruction it's exciting. And so a, a lot of people, I mean, there's, a, there's people still really into him that are really upset about all the yep. backlash this year. Yeah, they don't believe that there's anything wrong with it. But again, it just opens that doorway, right? Near-death experiences, apocalyptic views, and then you act on them. So Tim Harris, Tom Harris, there's so many Tims and Toms and Ballards and Russell. It's just too much. Tom Harrison, who is the person that Monique is describing in the book, um, he was friends with Tim Ballard and he gave him several long apostolic sounding blessings um, that were part of some of the transcripts of the lawsuits. And several people have done episodes on these if you want to go out and look at different other other uh, Mormon podcasts. But boy, how would you characterize these blessings or some of the things in them, Landon? <laughs> well, he, he basically blessed him that he would be the president of the United States yes. and the prophet. Uh, that should make everyone that... seen since Joseph Smith. Ah! Yes, <laughs> everyone yes, he... that had hope in his in his visions being accurate, unless they're drinking the Tim Kool Aid. If they're <laughs> if they're drinking the Mormon Church Kool Aid, sorry, then right. then surely they're like, oh gosh, this Tom guy, this Visions of Glory, I got duped. But they're not. I don't they're get not. it. Because well, there's clear, no. 
Go ahead. <laughs> Tim would have to jump the whole the whole uh, apostolic line of authority to right. get to the prophets. They all have to drop so, dead. Right. Yeah. Uh, which is possible when they're all over 87 years old, well, I guess. But, but the thing is, nonagenarian. He, he yeah, has to he be really the president is. first for, you know, probably eight years because he has to be a two term president. What kind of uh, loser is only a one term president, you know? So he's got to be I a two term president and then the prophet after that. It's just, mm -hmm. it's just absurd. And this is the guy who, who decides whether your missionary can stay out in the, the mission field that's, or not. Tom, Tom that Harrison is like, worked for the yeah. church as a psychologist making evaluations of people's uh ability to serve yeah which is his connection to jody hildebrand and all of the counseling and yes if also if have a mental health issue tom harrison at least we know a while ago was if not now is the one that makes those decisions but also in the blessing i know also in the blessing he said things like um you know you you operate above the law, a higher law, God's law. You do things other people can't do and you're okay to do those. You're almost forgiven if you have to do some of these more darker, seedy things because you know you are fulfilling God's purposes. Yeah, so of course, Tim belief. hears this. Yeah. And goes, oh, I'm good. <laughs> oh, yeah. That that strip club, that strip club visit was just me doing well, what Ford wants. You know? that's right. I think that's part of the, the excitement and the, and the, you know, romanticizing of the end of times is it's like, well, we're doing a bunch of shit we're not supposed to do, but we're doing it in the name of God. And we better hurry up and have all of these systems get dismantled that would put us behind bars. Hopefully, you know, chaos happens first, right? Like, yeah. and that's kind of what his book is. Like everything falls into collapse and chaos, Tom Harrison's book. And like the church is kind of like the heroes, like there's younger 12 apostles, like newer leaders. I, I can't remember exactly, but like get to Missouri and, and there's all these kind of heroes. It's very, very dystopian future novel. But if you really think that's about to happen, then yeah, there is this sense of no accountability in our, in our civilized society. That's a good can. point. Such and of course you put the young guy in because that's what it's got to be close. Right. Young guy, the young leaders got to start showing up. Here's Tim. And everyone yep. bought into this. Everyone seemed to recognize Glenn Beck seemed to say, oh, he's yep. the future. They're all saying, let's put Sean him in the Senate. It's Sean so Reyes. Weird. Got... It's just. Yeah. It... No sense. It does. But doesn't it's it weird. make so many historical stories? So many. They're like, gosh, that's so weird. How could people fall for that? How could... Like from, from any, pick a time, pick a place. Yep. I'm like, man, humans, we're just always the same. <laughs> like, yep. Humans are think... the same. <laughs> You got it. You said it. The same shit. <laughs> Which is why next year we'll have even more shocking moments. We don't even know what's going to happen. So there it is. All right. Let's go to our next one. Um, we, oh my goodness. Let me ask you, Landon, very quickly. I know we had a slide with Tim's response. It was a video. I'm not sure if we want to just try to visit that where we get into it or if we want to just move forward. Oops, let's not tip our hand too much. Yeah, but I there was. Yeah, Close your eyes, everyone. Okay, Close we'll just eyes. get to it when we get to it. All right. <laughs> okay, that's fine. So next we'll move on. Perfect. Okay, Ruby Frankie's children. Oh my goodness. And again, this is a bigger, bigger story. But I think just that moment where we heard that, you know, a child had escaped, had gone next door, 
you hear the 911 call, you know, a man, a neighbor saying, I've got this Ugh. boy here. He's choking up because this boy yeah, was bald. If you listen to it, it's yeah. like the most tender, yeah. heartbreaking call. I've, like, exactly. Ever yeah. And I'm sure everyone's familiar with that story and there's so much to it, but just the moment where a child would escape and ask for help. And that put all of this in motion. You know, Ruby Frankie, of course, is an influencer, LDS connected to Jody Hildebrandt and, you know, their parenting um, episode, uh, podcast that they had. And it just, it just, to open this whole Pandora's box. What, Monique, what are some of your reactions to that? Well, I hadn't been following too much ahead of time. And it, it just kind of, everything was crashing at the same time, as you recall, in podcast world, like trying to keep up with everything. But the thing that is just so striking and, and heartbreaking is how long it took yeah. for these children to get help after they said help so many different times in so many different ways of the, the niece, like so many different people. And this is just not a unique story either. It's really not as far as like child abuse goes, especially if you're in a you know a more safe covert society where everyone's covering each other's backs. And this is the problem with the nuclear family. Everyone's kind of doing their own thing and protecting their own. And, and so she had extra cover for so long, but right. it's just devastating that you tell children, like, you know, you advocate for yourself, speak up for yourself. You don't deserve this. And then they, they learn again and again, oh, I guess the adults actually don't care, I guess. I wasn't worth it. And so it killed me that it took this long, but also finally, and thank God, right? Yep. Yep. What do you think, Landon, when you yeah, heard this that was, story? Well, I didn't, I didn't know who Ruby Frankie was. Uh -huh. I, I wasn't a big, you know, follower of eight passengers or anything. So that, this one, I had to figure out who she was. But uh, to find out that a lot of the church's programs and stuff are based off of... Uh, yeah, that's the elements that I'm putting started. together. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it just became all of a sudden, wait, this is the standard for child rearing right here. And she's uh, the ch children are coming to the neighbors taped up. And yeah, it's this was really a disturbing one. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost hard to believe like that we're not all just being collectively punked. Like it's like this is too much craziness at once. In 2023, how can a church yeah. be basing their child on this and that and hotlines? And it's like, and all it just keeps going in the near death and the Nephites. I'm like, people are going to make movies about us and make fun of us for a long time, Utah. Like, this is weird. It is weird, but I think it kind of goes along with high demand, high control, especially these yeah. child rearing techniques and things that they, they show. It is, it's this whole pattern. And as Landon alluded to her partner, Jody Hildebrandt, um, she influenced church programs that people are still participating in today. There's a lot of damage out there. This is just the tip of the iceberg. So, but she recently, um, Ruby just, pleaded guilty and kind of threw Jody under the bus saying that Jody had influenced her. Yeah. Yep. So oh, we'll see. Expected. Yeah. We'll, it, exactly. We'll see a lot more about that in the new, a new year. But again, I agree with you, Monique, when, especially when you put, when I was putting the slideshow together, I was like, really? Yeah. You just really. And maybe of course we're in a little bit of a confirmation bias bubble that we're looking for these things, Very, but you don't have to let you hard. But, like, but just like on a macro level, <laughs> like seeing the church it. involved in the I government know. and the, I'm like, oh, this is wild. Um, also fast. Her son is the hero of the story. Oh, absolutely. Saved That's the thing. Stop, right. Yep. No one, he should have been, these children should have been saved again and again and again. But. Yep. Yep. That was a huge act of courage. And the fact that he had visible, trauma on his body, I think is why he oh, was yeah. believed. I think if he just would have gone next door and said, something's happening, no. he'd tend to go, well, you're, 
no, this man, if you listen to that 911 call, this grown man is just in tears over this. I mean, I, tear, I thinking about that, you know, coming, oh, can't even. And, and of course, of course, we all know that had the children gone to their trusted source, who everyone right? knows them as Where did bishop, go? the bishop, uh, it would have got called up to a hotline, but nothing yep. would have been done. And there's That's nothing that says that that didn't happen. Maybe the kids yeah. did tell their bishop and their bishop yep. can't say anything. We would never know that. Yeah, we don't know. Yeah. So there's anyway, no, very... there's no system to protect children in place whatsoever. No system. That's exactly right. And it's interesting because this story came out and we were all gearing up um, to podcast a lot about this story. And then right after that, Tim Ballard. Happened. So we picture Jody Hildebrandt going, thank you, Tim. Right, because that's the only thing that it would, Don't worry, would put this we'll, on the we'll back, back. We circled back. Yeah. No, and we are <laughs> circling back way. now. Yeah. yeah, no, and I see that now that we are circling back for sure. So, all right, well, let's see what we have next. Draw out for so long. Ah, uh, here's a good one. All right, so you can't. Uh, President Nelson's face is covered here, um, but this is the famous conference talk in April where he came up with the phrase "Think Celestial." And instantly we saw everything appear from, there's a doormat there, a doormat that says Think Celestial on it. There's a phone case. You can find anything. So it just proves that a prophet says a phrase. Now, remember this happened before with ponderize. You guys remember this? An apostle, no, a general authority used the word ponderize. He had kind of <clears throat> mentioned to his family before he was going to coin that phrase, there was a website that popped up. Well, that was shut down. That's not going to happen, right? You can't capitalize or monetize anything said in conference. But here we go. Everybody, and they this is always, not the church doing conference. it. Yeah, this, these are yeah. people. We oh, spotted so one saying... in the wild, a t-shirt that said, think oh. celestial, didn't we, Landon? Yeah. Yep, so, yep. But, but that but little They'll sell meme... this stuff at Deseret Book and, and yeah. all, won't they? So the, uh, the profit loop is still, how is this not priestcraft? I, mean, really. I, I like I like the coffee mug that says things. Yeah, so that's kind of ironic. The M coffee must mug. be a hot chocolate mug. Yeah, I, yep. I saw one that was an actual coffee mug that said "Drink Telestial." Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, oh we've God. had a lot of fun with it. That's it's what I need. Well, as soon as I was when I was watching conference, still watch it. As soon as he said "Think Celestial," I was like, "Oh, marketing term." He yep. just made marketing. Up. We're gonna that's see it right. everywhere. Yep. And, and you can't see it, but underneath um, that little round picture, there's President Nelson's face popping in. There's a very famous meme that's still going around. Everybody's still circulating. Where he says, are like, you thinking celestial? You know, I thought that was ex-Mormons trolling Mormons. And then no, I see TBMs posting it. I'm like, yeah. why do you want him creeping? Want, creeping? Like when you think things yeah. celestial, the main thing you talk about about that is sex. Like be yeah. good till you're married, so you can get to the celestial kingdom. So I don't want this all my prophets speaking. You think it's celestial in there? No. <laughs> and then of course everybody, of course everybody changed it. I think I made one with his little face popping out where I said, "Are you thinking at all?" That was, <laughs> so that was my little contribution. Hopefully so, yeah. not. People did that all over. So yeah, that was interesting. But yeah, it was. It's funny how you can hear it at conference and instantly you go, "Oh yeah." There are buzzwords like that all the time. The first time I heard covenant path. Yeah, like, oh, oh, here we go. Path is a creepy yeah. one to me. Yeah, but even like tender mercies. There's ones that I used to like. I used to be start admitting my vocabulary. Like, oh, it's like a new revelation. You know, these guys are modern day prophets and apostles. Yeah. So, they if they have a new term or new thing, it's this new cool thing for me to learn about. And that, then it's like, wait, they're making a lot of money on this new thing. Like you yeah. realize pretty quickly. <laughs> but yeah, there's yeah. so much of it. There's so much of it. And and another buzzword, I think ongoing restoration is another one that didn't exist. And very recently, 
child or children of the covenant is being used. So those are my predictions and for 2024. Fun- You're going to hear those a lot more. Yeah. There's weird words. There's weird terms coming out. Yeah. It's different, but they're very calculated. They're calculated terms. We we all know Kurt McConkie is the church's law firm. Who, who is the PR firm that's coming up with this? Is it the guy who just, uh, what, the, oh, the Kieran, our new apostle. It could be. Is he is he, a PR guy. Maybe he was rewarded for Think Celestial. This is his campaign, and uh, they were so oh impressed. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Who, like, wrote, let's who, make wrote the, new- who wrote the talk? We need to figure this who out. Who wrote the talk? Well, and if you remember, this talk was given um, remotely. He was not able to be there, and it was just a video that kind of popped in like an Easter egg at the end of a movie if you wait past all the credits. And a lot of people even so- said, because it looks so strange, that it might have been AI generated. There were people that ran it yeah. through programs that said this is 99% AI. I don't believe that, but how interesting. There were a few different things that came out of this talk in April, and I think Celestia was one of the bigger ones. Well, you that start we still questioning. This is where you get you understand conspiracy theorists. You start questioning yes. everything yes. when you realize how easily the people pulling all the pieces and painting the picture for everyone else are changing things at ease. Like. Yeah. You can't help but go, wait, now I don't trust any of this. What's happening, right? Nope, you're not wrong on that. So, okay, so that was a good one, a shocking moment. Thanks, oh my goodness. In the same talk, (laughs) we also had uh, President Nelson bring back or mention some doctrine that hasn't been talked about since Joseph Fielding Smith's days, I believe. Oh, well, yeah, this is what you, yeah, Yeah, no, this is old school stuff. I learned this when I was young. Oh, yeah, okay. The idea that um, if, if you're in the celestial kingdom, you are fully resurrected and you have, I love to use this word, procreative powers, right? You are able to procreate meaning you're fully equipped to procreate. If you don't make it to the celestial kingdom, you are, I think one of the quotes is, as a child, you do not have basically your genitalia. And this is known in the Mormon circles as the celestial or telestial kingdom smoothie, a TK smoothie. You're just kind of like a Ken doll or a Barbie doll. So they don't talk about this much, but President Nelson in this same address where he said, think celestial said, how you live today will decide what kind of body you are resurrected with. And this is what that means. If you are a celestial person here on earth and makes it the celestial kingdom, you will have a fully functioning body able to procreate. If not, TK smoothie. What do you think, Landon? I think that's a great post-Mormon marketing campaign right there. The TK smoothie, that's one that should go on every shirt. But uh, the the thing that I see is missing is, uh, shouldn't there be a tattoo? No holder? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was going to say, you see what's missing? I get it, Landon. Yes, you do. So I would actually like to create a drink called a TK smoothie. TK. I could use one of those for breakfast. Nice. Throw a little whiskey in it. Well, I I learned this. Yeah. So when the, I, I haven't heard it in so long and it's not yeah. the kind of thing that you like, it's kind of like, how did Jesus come to be? Well, yeah. we don't really think about it in detail because yes. that would get weird and we just don't know. So it's kind of like you can only have sex in the celestial kingdom. I was mm-hmm. always taught. Mm-hmm. Well, so what does that mean about your, you know, everything else? Yeah. Well, I guess they just won't work. That's what I was told. They just made yeah. it won't work. But the, so when, when their prophet said that, I was like, oh my gosh, he's, he's saying it. He's going for yeah, it. Yeah, he's going he's there. Say, and because crazy. that is a marvelous control tactic. It's like 40 virgins, right? Like if you just suffer now you get sex forever. Otherwise, no sex for eternity for you. Like, no, thank you. 
and and yet you're 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 eternally castrated you, you know nothing scares you more right. well and that, like holy like think of the future and not now which is a big problem with religion but this is like that on steroids right like if i hold out now in whatever capacity that means i won't drink coffee now so that i won't not have a willy for eternity fine fine right, right? <laughs> that's really if you like that's the kind of belief you don't really like talk about but what else does it mean when you say you can't have sex unless you're in a celestial yeah. kingdom what what do you guys all think is happening let's think yeah. let's let's have an existential conversation <laughs> anyway it's crazy <laughs> yeah and there were a lot of funny memes about this there were a lot of somebody said have that have that cup of coffee and you're going to lose your pee pee. I mean, you know, things like, it was just ridiculous to make light of, but you're absolutely right, Monique. It's nothing to make light of because it is, it's a coercive tactic. If you believe this, which people do, you're holding that over your head and it's, a, it's very dark. It's very it's dark so to dark. threaten that and, and to threaten your body, you know, and to tell you that your body is not your own, you know, at the whim of, some god or some system your body can be changed and as a punishment so yeah it's a That's lot darker so, and people yeah, were so very dark. surprised that he brought it up again because it's one of those things that you're just like we're hoping people well, don't very, really notice that it's a very like ancient like no it's a thing yeah. no one wants to think anyone ever actually believed or talk about so i, I don't think they wanted that to be resurrected if you will yes. like, here we are Re here we let's are. be punny resurrected <laughs> with all your yes with all our parts intact that's what we can hope for so. <laughs> we want to be resurrected <laughs> in totality please that's right that was a shocking moment there. hold our so, tattoos and all and we should also mention i don't know that we have a slide on this i can't remember that we do do we landon about the the don't take counsel because no, we can no, mention that no. here yeah i didn't include this slide but from the same talk there were the the three things there was think celestial the tk smoothie and also that statement where president nelson said do not take counsel from those that don't believe you know which set off this whole thing of people going well what are we supposed to do with that you really are not supposed to listen to anybody that you know is not a tried and true blue Kids, mormon if, you're, if just... your father is not an active member don't take any advice from your That's father. So it's so right. toxic. It's right. like, you know, I can't tell if I, what you're saying, confirmation bias, if I'm just seeing it more. Cause I'm like, mm -hmm. I know it's always been this way, but it mm -hmm. does seem like the cult talk is like, I mean, cause that is massive cult talk, like brainwash. That's exactly how you, I mean, it's one-on-one -on -one mm -hmm. stuff. And then it's just on full display. <laughs> this is strange, right? Yeah. It is to those of us that are watching. A lot of yeah, people but, don't have any idea and don't notice. And if it's I just was still in noise. it, I wouldn't think of Well, yeah. I, I, I talked to people who, you know, active members who uh, listened to that talk and they were, oh, wasn't that a wonderful talk? And you're going. Yeah. Did and family message me. Isn't you know, this great? I'm like, for you. <laughs> well, I don't think it really means it that way. It's like, that's exactly how he means Well, and they'll try and say. Well, they, you know, what about my dentist? What about my doctor? No, we don't, of course you should take advice from experts. We just mean spiritual, religious advice. Well, well that is shitty too. Like, are yeah. you saying that my mom doesn't ever, like I can have the spiritual conversation. Like I, my spirituality is, it's just this belief that once you leave the church, you are this atheist and let me be, there's no time for this, but they think atheist doesn't even mean what it means, right? Their version right. of it, but you have nothing and you know, spirituality, no direction, no morality, no guidance. And so anyway, it's just... It's bonkers. Yep. It's all in the perspective. So, all yeah. right. President Nelson, shocking moments. I think we covered that. All right. What's next? Oh, here we go. The movie, The Oath by Darren Scott, who we mentioned earlier, who had a near-death experience that told him to forge ahead and produce this because he has been working on this for 13 years. It was originally supposed to be a giant Book of Mormon epic with Captain Moroni 
got a lot of funding, did a, a GoFundMe, made money, but then it just kind of never happened. And finally, he put out the oath, which is not about Cap Captain Moroni. It's about Moroni Moroni um, and the gold plates. And we took Dr. John Lundwell, one of our favorite guests who um, speaks often. Sorry, did I do it again? Yeah. I always mispronounce <laughs> it. I say well, and it's wall. And even his family members are coming at me because of it. <laughs> I literally think I have a speech impediment. I'm very sorry, everybody. It's Dr. Lund Wall, who we took to the movie. Here we are standing against the wall and the trailer. That's right. <laughs> now you'll get it. He, he talks about Book of Mormon authenticity a lot. And so we thought he would have a very entertaining time oh. watching this. So, yeah. So what do you, Landon, you attended. We actually saw it twice. In a nutshell, tell us about this movie that's still in theaters, getting, I think, 20-something percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> yeah, in a nutshell, uh, it, he's a nut job. It, 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 was, oh. it was absolutely just crazy. Uh, but as we were watching it, we're, we're looking at each other going, did that just happen? Uh, it's a love story uh, yeah. between, you know, Captain or Angel Moroni yes. uh, falls in love with the, the uh, mistress of uh, of King Aaron, uh, and she's a Lamanite. And of course, he falls in love and they marry, uh, but he has to teach her morality and he has to yeah. teach her the true that the white man's God is who, uh, you know, that all the white people are right and all the dark people are wrong. And that she's been taught wrong. But once she converts and understands that, then they can get married and have a child, mm -hmm. which is completely opposite of what the scriptures tell us, that the reason that they had a curse was so that they wouldn't intermarry. And here he is intermarrying with a Lamanite woman who is later killed by her uh, uh, her uh, Lamanite uh, King Aaron, I guess, kindred. Yes. Uh, it's, yes. Uh, and, uh, and it just goes on from there. You see, uh, once he, you know, there's the little love scene with the prophet getting it on with the Lamanite. Uh, it's just, uh, it, and, it's and the just... whole time there's writing, there's parchment, there's pens, there's paper, there's swords, there's shields. It's every anachronism in the Book of Mormon on full display within a love story. And the strangest part is that King Aaron, the Lamanite king, um, spoke with a Scottish pirate accent. So he would say things like Moroni, your father's 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 will never. And it was very strange. It was, but it was also dark. There were a lot of racist overtones, really very disturbing, and also sort of the Mormon white uh, Christian nationalism overtones throughout it. Lots of the word freedom appearing on the screen and bald eagles flying. And it was also completely rooted in the Heartland model with bears and wolves. Well, so and didn't this dude go to J6? I mean, it seems a little, the insurrection. January yes, the, the director was at, it's all, at the it, Capitol. It's all on yeah. brands, you know, with it that is. white nationalism, savior complex. It's like neocolonialism, you know, it's so nasty. Well, that's why it's called the oath is because at the end, they call on you to go online and sign an oath. And the oath is uh, to the country and that uh, you will support freedom and, and all of these things and uh, righteousness over wickedness, uh, light over dark, uh, all of these terms that they're trying to get you to buy into. It's, it's, it's right out of Tim. Ballard's playbook no. get them to get them to agree and it's and, just the uh, mesh of politics with their religion yes. it's yes. like so wild yes. yep you're right and interestingly the director Darren Scott two or three days before the movie was going it had already been released in LA and it was going to be released world um nationwide 600 theaters he put a video out 
calling out the church and saying, I don't understand why you're not supporting this. This is the most important thing that's come out ever. Why you're are showing you not the world supporting their skeletons, dude? Yeah. That, you have hit it on the head, Monique. You're absolutely right. He took the video down racist, soon after. Everybody. We yeah, keep pretending no. we're not. We are. Yeah. No, it's basically like he said everything they're trying really hard yeah. not to say. And he was naive enough to well, think they want it said. It's kind of sad. It shows you there's people, there's a lot of members out there that they're believing that they're repeating, but they're not, they don't catch it. They don't realize, right. wait a second, you're not okay with the stuff you're teaching. Like I thought the stuff I learned as a kid was still true. <laughs> Someone missed the memo. I think a lot of us in my generation and older are like, getting confused like we don't get worlds anymore like i don't understand yeah. so so when i was growing up lamanites we left and right it's all we talked about and the curse like no one i mean i thought it was strange but you know it's like a lot of people haven't caught on to the fact that oh remember the church realized we have to shut up about that part right because <laughs> it's so bad that in public <laughs> yeah so, don't yeah. and don't make a movie about it for heaven's sakes and that's and why it was sad that he had to say why are you supporting me and all the rest of us went we can totally tell you why well, they don't right. want any of that mentioned well, ever he posted another video it's like 88 percent love it i'm like what's that pull from like and he's doing the pay it forward thing where you yes. can get an extra ticket yes. like what and angel studios is about to be in hot water for that for doing that with sound of freedom or whatever so i'm like yep. okay this is yeah, once again another pattern being followed <laughs> i'm like we're going to find out that him and Tim are like bros. They're going to become they're, podcast bros. They're connected. We found some connections. You did? Sure. Yeah. It, it, it's interesting. Yeah. Every, everything's connected. Now we start to sound like conspiracy theorists, but when you watch stuff long enough, <laughs> but you can research and follow the data, as yep. Dan would tell us. <laughs> we're safe. That's exactly right. <laughs> it's all right. So it's supporting them all. Yep. Exactly. And it's still in theaters if anybody wants to, you know, we I actually thought it would be, I know well, we thought it would be kind of more of a campy, funny, something we could podcast and make fun of, but, and we did do a podcast on it, but it was a lot darker with it the was. racism and the nationalism that oh, it was almost something you couldn't laugh. You can't laugh at but, because it's yep. not even funny, like laughing at yep. blackface or something totally inappropriate. That's oh my exactly. gosh. Yeah. I will say, however, the soundtrack was beautiful and the cinematography was good and the acting was not horrible so i will lead? i'll be fair and balanced in that but the okay. themes and everything everything but else is ridiculous what's so. the deal with the villain he's not a mormon guy he's a hollywood guy is he okay with being in this billy zane yeah, like I he's gonna be seen as so racist right i've been trying to look at what like any commentary on that so far yeah. online i haven't seen anything but yeah no but it, what we interacted with a native american movie reviewer who has you know wrote this just kind of scathing like this is, well, this is awful and again i think it's naivete they do not understand in creating this movie that the nephite lamanite narrative is just inherently completely racist Well, because you have your one-off you know person from south america that's like oh i found you know they believe the story they buy into the, the bullshit oh i have a special i'm in your scripture now i know my history and I, this person called me and said this movie reminded me of their ancient native american relatives and they love me and it's it's like it's like some it's like someone oppressed thinking they're oppressor it's like it's like a woman yeah. saying i don't want the priesthood it's like come on come yeah, on like you're right someone's giving you praise because they are mistreated and oppressed and they're buying into it. That's not good praise, guys. <laughs> yep. Nope. There it is. Monique has spoken. You're absolutely right. All right. Oh my goodness. Here we go. This was an awesome talk. If you guys remember this, this was um, Elder Haney. There he is. That's right. And he, I think that we, yes, we actually have the story uh, that we heard. This was a conference. Let's play this clip from Elder Haney. 
One day I walked into the cafeteria at church headquarters to have some lunch, and after getting a tray of food, I entered the dining area and I noticed a table at which all three members of the First Presidency were seated, along with one empty chair. My insecurities caused me to make a quick detour away from that table. And then I heard the voice of our prophet, President Russell M. Nelson, saying, Alan, there's an empty chair right here. Come and sit down with us. And so I did. Near the end of the lunch, I was surprised to hear a loud crunching noise. And when I looked up, I saw that President Nelson had stood his plastic water bottle straight up and then flattened it and replaced the lid. President Dallin H. Oaks then asked the question I wanted to ask. President Nelson, why did you flatten your plastic water bottle? He replied, it makes it easier for those who are handling recyclable materials because it doesn't take up as much space in the recycling container. While pondering that response, I heard the same crunching sound again. And I looked to my right, and President Oaks had flattened his plastic water bottle, just like President Nelson. And then I heard some noise to my left, and President Eyring was flattening his plastic water bottle, although he had adopted a different strategy by doing it while it was horizontal, which took more effort than with the bottle straight up. And noticing this, President Nelson kindly showed him the bottle straight up technique <laughs> to more easily flatten the bottle. At that point, I leaned over to President Oaks and I asked, is flattening your plastic water bottle a new recycling requirement of the cafeteria? And President Oaks responded with a smile on his face, well, Alan, you need to follow the prophet. <laughs> now, I'm confident that President Nelson was not declaring some new recycling-based doctrine in the cafeteria that day. But we can learn from the prompt response of President Oaks and President Eyring to President Nelson's example and President Nelson's attentiveness to help teach those involved a better way. Ooh, Landon, I remember you had some very interesting comments on that when we first heard that talk. I, I think that uh, flattening the water bottle is probably the most prophetic thing Russell Nelson did <laughs> in his entire uh, time as a prophet. <laughs> first time they showed Finally, something that's going to save the planet. <laughs> that's right. And the environment. That's it. So, oh, my goodness. And there were so many memes made about this, of course. But well, you know, it it's just very... makes no sense. Like yeah. what's what are because I remember watching it and going, are we just it reminded me of Bednar, I think 15, 20 years ago, gave a talk on pickles for 20 minutes. I don't know. But it's I, I just, and that's the first time I remember thinking, do they just are they wasting our time? <laughs> like, are they teaching us anything that's actually like you just spent 15 minutes talking to me about how the prophet recycled and I'm on the edge of my seat going, oh, are we going to have this new church, you know, pledge on how to be better to the planet? Or, or is this some weird thing about think for yourself, don't be stupid and follow along. Of course you don't do water, drink water, how someone else, like think for yourself, child, like, no, it, like, no, it was, there's so many things I tried to get out of it. It would have made sense. And in the end, it just was dumb. It was dumb and even dangerous because it seems dumb, but what it really is, is it's still subtly like it's, it's manipulating you to think you have to follow the prophet and 
even in, in every little thing, don't ask questions. Yeah. That's very group yep. think. That's very, yep. very group yep. think and a very weird. I mean, there's funny skits about this where people make fun of people that see some, you know, and go along with it. It's not healthy thinking. Anyway, I thought that whole thing was weird. No, you're right. In the smallest little minute detail. And do you think anyone at that table could not have done that? I don't think so. As soon as he did it and started and that, talking well, and about it, they had to continue doing it. There was no way you couldn't. So that's the other thing. I'm like, is this like a funny, cute joke that he's t breaking an icebreaker for his talk? Or or is that or is that actually a thing where everyone really is like, oh, God, like, do what he did? Because that's like, that's like North Korea, Kim Jong-un <laughs> stuff right there. That's weird. Yeah. But I, you can't tell. I'm like, I don't know what the message is here because none of them make sense or are good. <laughs> yeah. Message is up to the person who hears the message. And I guarantee there are people out there that now crush their water bottles where they never would have before. I mean, and that's fine for recycling. But then imagine other things that are said where they would not have right. entertained doing that. And now they do it. That's kind of my thought on that. My yes. other thought is it's a window into the mean girls lunch mentality of the cafeteria at the church at the, at the, know, he's the like upper scared. level. And whispering, he, am I supposed to do something different now, Elderac? Yeah. What is this? Yeah, and that he didn't think he could sit down with them, you know, that there's definitely this hierarchy. Yeah, I thought that was kind of the saddest that, like, part. How the prophet will stop and then motion and yeah. wait. There is yeah. kind of this strange, and, and too, it's like, listen, if you have the audience of this many millions of people or whatever it is, why are we talking about smashing water bottles? And yeah. like, what's, what's the meat of that purpose other than either a joke to break the ice and tell me something meaningful, which you didn't, or jokingly camouflaging the message of just shut up and do everything the prophet does, even smash your, I mean, that's like Colt's talk once again. <laughs> like I just noticed again, it was, it, it was his fault. He didn't want to take the empty seat because of his insecurities, yes. not because there's this hierarchy that you don't approach. Yes. That's the other thing. It. Well, yeah. I'm, yes. you stand up when they enter the room and you don't approach until they ask you over there. That's not the issue. The issue is my insecurity. Yes, it's yes. My fault. well, and it's just like when <laughs> his wife also, when remember the story of he pointed at me and made me come sit by him, and she's like, yes. "I should have known better. Yeah, I should have listened to him the first time." That like that sweet voice. I'm like, what? So you're right. There is this authoritarian like pattern yeah. in the stories from the top for sure yeah mm. if, if you listen they're very subtle but they're there you just think there's something wrong here what is this and you kind of dig deeper and you're like oh there you go so yeah that was interesting and i don't know how many of you have family members that right now are crushing water bottles i'm not sure and it's a good thing go ahead recycle crush them but don't do it because somebody else told you to do it so all right, what do we have next? Oh, here we go. Here's the video. Okay, so yeah. we, um, this was, can you pause it for a second? This is a clip. Um, when the vice statement came out about Tim Ballard and everybody's like, is this from the church? Is this not from the church? What is happening? He took himself to the, is that the Lincoln Memorial, Landon? I, I think he was in Massachusetts. I think okay. somewhere, I thought he was in Boston. Okay, somewhere. maybe that was it. But he was wearing a shirt that said Lincoln on it or something like that. And he put out a video because he didn't believe that statement was from the church about him. And this was, I think, one of the top shocking moments of 2023 because he's, he's stunned. He does not believe it's from the church. <clears throat> Leo. How close am I to President Emerson Ballard? Whoa. I, wait, I didn't say this. How do you know this? I know this because a few years ago, Tim brought President Ballard here. I gave him this tour. I gave him a tour of a walking tour at 90 years old. 
I offered him a wheelchair. He said to me, you take the wheelchair, I'm walking. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for filming. You should all film whatever you can right now. Um, President Ballard is like a grandfather to me. He came to me in, I don't know, 2012? 2011. And he told me that he appreciates all the things I'm doing and he wants to help me do it. Never in my life, never, have I used his name to raise money, to make some business deal. What business deal? I don't have business. <laughs> What business? I don't have business, he says. Yeah, so he had, you know, he was stunned too. He knew that he was very closely allied with Elder Ballard. And here's this unnamed source saying he wasn't. So he's going to go out and say, nope, he's like a grandfather to me. We do not have business together. And he's doing it all in skinny jeans. So even more impactful. <laughs> what did you think, Landon, when you first saw that? Well, it kind of backed up some of the stories that the women were saying. You can see that he's angry and he's mm -hmm. turning red and he's getting yeah. mad. And you can see yeah. him doing that to with the women and saying, you know, this is you, you must do this. I am, you know, uh, yeah. I think, you know, he had the angel Revere there or whoever the, the that guy, you know, he's calling on people to back him up. You know, hey, you saw it. You know, I'm close to Elder Ballard. Yeah. Why would they do this? He's questioning whether the church put this out. Elder Ballard and me are like this. Yeah. Uh, Elder Ballard is going, I have nothing to do with this. I don't know who this man is. That's right. So, oh, it's sad though. Don't you think, Monique? I mean, it's, I do. it's he's so naive that he does not understand how the, oh. because he believes in the church and the brethren so much. Yeah, he does yeah. not understand what we know. They will throw people away at the drop of a hat. They will distance yeah. themselves as soon as the people are no longer useful to them or do something that might hurt them. Is that kind of how you saw it? Oh, yeah, totally. Honestly, this video made me sad for him. Yeah. I, yeah. I had some people get like, why are you sad for him? Like, listen, like, I'm not, I'm, I'm grateful that the truth is coming out and that he's being stopped and, ha and having his moment and, he, and his only hope of on his journey is to have these moments. Um, but you know, I'm glad it's happening because it needs to happen, but it still sucks that it needs to happen. It sucks that the whole monstrosity of the situation was created in the first place that we need, to, that we have to deal with this kind of fallout. But nonetheless, I'm here we are. I just think it's ironic. He talks about the sizzle. For me, for me, what sizzle is, this is my definition, just as bacon, like sizzles, you know, <laughs> when a narcissist knows they're effed, when they're cornered, it reminds me of bacon sizzling. It's just, yeah. you know, and when I saw this video, I was like, oh, he knows he's step. He knows he's in trouble. Yeah. He, so, I mean, because when you will, it's like this kind of contradiction, but when you believe the church authority, a hundred percent, they're called a God, this is true. And they love me and I'm hanging out with the apostles and da da da. He knows, he knows that that statement came from the church. He, he doesn't believe that all of these people that are talking to God and ru like running $50 billion, whatever, blah, 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 are incapable of going, oh no, it seems like someone snuck onto my laptop and sent an email to Vice News <laughs> in my name. What shall we do? Shall we wait a few yeah. weeks to, like, of course not. Like, he, of course this is from the church. But he, at the same time, like you said, he believe, he still have, seems to very much believe the truth claims so much so that he yeah. thinks he's probably next in line for something. So yeah, you can just see his brain going, like later in this clip, I know you probably don't have time to show, but just like you see in his eyes where he's yeah. like, there's no way they would do this. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So like you, like, it's like, it's sad. Cause it's like, Oh, you're facing the music and that's what it looks like. And then, you know, it didn't last. He's still back and denying and the, he's done even worse than we thought. But, but this is a raw moment of watching the true sizzle of a narcissist. The sizzle of a narcissist. I feel like that should be a whole podcast episode. I love it. But I also, you you can, talking about kind of that cognitive dissonance in between, I saw that with faithful members. They loved the church. They yes. loved Tim Ballard. Yes. Now in the past, those things were together. It was fine. Yes. They were, but suddenly it's either one or the other. So what do you believe? You have to believe that that statement didn't come from the church. There's no way yeah. they can be at odds. Of course, now there's so much more out in the open. People have changed their tune, you know, Glenn Beck very publicly like that. But yeah, it is that moment where he's he's cornered in skinny jeans and that's never a good position to be in. <laughs> well, and, and I think he just saw his complete dreams dashed at this yes. moment. He was yes. going to be the senator. He was running. There was no way he wasn't going to get elected with the backing of the church, the backing of uh, he's he's going to be the prop president just like he was. Yeah, he, he was, was for him. He was going to be right the prophet, the... and all of a sudden, the very structure that was propping him up just it's, pulled out from under like, him. It's like the most ancient trope of a story, right? Like right before, it just crumbles. But but at the same time, it's like usually usually the bad guys they they make it. Like I'm I'm so grateful he didn't because I think yeah. he's a bad guy. But but it's it must have just been insane to have like the world at your fingertips and then. But I'm telling you, evil doesn't last. It's a negative energy frequency that doesn't bounce off love and it's not going to work and it catches up to you and it caught up to him. That was my hippie moment for the There, Your hippie moment in your little uh, Santa cap. I love it. <laughs> All right. Let's move on past Tim Ballard. I think we we're done with Tim Ballard in this one. Amazingly. Oh, okay. This one was, um, Landon, why don't you go ahead and talk, talk about this one? Yeah, this is the, uh, you know, there was the uh, abuse victims down in Arizona who uh, had been uh, abused by their father, sexually uh, abused, that he posted pictures of them, even babies that he was, uh, his babies that he was uh, hurting and, and having and sexual uh, intercourse with, and then he posted on the internet. And somebody finally reported it, and this uh, ended up going to... Uh, uh, that his children sued the church because it turns out that the man had gone to the bishop, admitted what he was doing, and yet the church did nothing about it. Uh, and they said, "Well, the the law says that as clergy, we're we're not required to uh, to to report anything. We're not required to report this incident." And so they didn't. They called uh, Curtin McConkie. They called the church hotline. They were advised what to do. And they, they didn't do anything to protect the kids. And so the kids were suing the church saying, you should have protected us. You knew what was going on. Uh, mm -hmm. the, the church fought that. Uh, Arizona Supreme Court, it went up to the Arizona Supreme Court, and they ruled that uh, the church uh, didn't have to say anything. And they basically threw out the case at the at the lower court. Uh, it was thrown out. But as a result, it's, it's the statement from the church uh, that I think is what was everyone just went, what? Um, so you, you want me to read that? Yeah, go ahead, Lennon. Okay. Uh, Bill Meldon, the church's attorney who handled the case, said in a statement to the Deseret News, we are pleased with the Arizona Superior Court's decision granting summary judgment for the church and its clergy and dismissing the plaintiff's claims. Contrary to some news reports and exaggerated allegations, the court found that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and its clergy handled this matter consistent with Arizona law. 
the abuse of a child or any other individual is inexcusable. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints believes this, teaches this, and dedicates tremendous resources and efforts to prevent, report, and address abuse. We have deep concerns for these children and all victims of the abuse. So that last paragraph is just it, it, everything that they said, they did not happen. There was nobody who watched out for the children. They didn't do any effort to prevent the abuse. They didn't put any resources to, to solving it. Uh, they didn't show any concern. In fact, they're pleased by the fact that they're not required to uh, to, to in any way report this and, and protect the child. Uh, it, it It's just uh, mind boggling that a church would say they were pleased with the decision uh, such as this. Well, I think it's really telling that their arguments in response to allegations and exaggerations and unfair news reports, the things they're being accused of are not are not protecting children. I don't think anyone's saying, hey, you didn't follow Arizona law. What we're saying is Arizona, Arizona law sucks. We need to change the law. So they, they're being very blatantly dishonest and playing a wordplay game here by saying it that way, in my opinion, um, because... No one's worried about the consistency with the law. The law sucks, we want the laws to change. We're worried with the consistencies of your morality as an institution claiming to be a religion protecting children, and yet you're going to court to do everything you can to make it so that children cannot be protected, and defending yourself by saying what? We follow the law. Why are you not interested in your defense being, we are defending our position as, as protecting children in these ways? No, they can't, they're not, they're not trying to say, because of the work that we did these poor children that were abused by their father will not be, you know, won't happen again. We, we yeah. are going to do X, Y, and Z policy to fix it. No, it's just, we didn't do anything wrong. So shut up. It's, it's and like blatantly. <laughs> and then, and then in the next breath, but we love your children. I mean, like, like we, you don't even have to read between the lines anymore to realize that your children are not safe here. Well, you, you look at this and, and who, who's the victim in this? According to this, Contrary to some news reports and exaggerated yes. allegations, we're the victim. We were made a victim of nowhere Everyone's in here being does it so say so mean to us. Nowhere does it say, oh, we are so sorry what happened to those poor children uh, yeah. who were in this. They're not the victim. The church is the victim in this statement. And I <sighs> think that's why everybody just said, Oh, this leaves a bad taste in my it's mouth. Just, you were not like, the victim here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and it's it's the whole that's the kind of Mormon white Christian national mode, right? The mode, especially now more than ever. I mean, I feel like it's been that way a long time, but we are the persecuted ones and we're not going to stand for this. And you're, you're talking about a child that was raped by her father and you're still acting like you're yeah. the hero who needs to be like saved here. Like if you're, it's your reputation on the list is crazy. It's yep. crazy. Now, this is, this was one of the worst uh, stories, probably the, yeah, one of the worst stories of the entire year and not enough can be said about the harm that was done and the mishandling and just trying to backpedal and say, no, not us, not us. And that's not how it should be. Protecting the child should come first and it never did. And we have to commend, I think, Michael Resendez, the reporter, if you're not familiar with his work, um, if you saw the movie Spotlight, the Oscar-winning movie, he was the reporter that shone a spotlight on everything going on with the Catholic Church. He has now turned that spotlight onto the LDS Church, and he is—he's um, not going to stop. There's going to be more from Michael Resendez, and there's a lot more to look at and uncover. So I predict, here's another prediction for 2024: we're going to see more stories, and we're going to see Michael Resendez oh, yeah. reporting. So I'm—I'm I'm very hopeful. It needs to happen. Yep. 
Oh, this was a fun one, wasn't it, Landon? This was fun for us, <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> this was quite so the story. We came across this weird invitation. Um, it was on social media. Somebody had spotted it on their parents' uh, counter. And it was an invitation for Moroni Day from an organization called Book of Mormon Central or Scripture Central, they're also known as, where um, Elder Rasband was going to be speaking. And it looked, it was touted as a fundraiser. It was $250 a plate. He was going to be there. They were raising money. Um, so we, of course, did a podcast on it. We posted it on social media. We started interacting with people associated with Book of Mormon Central who assured us it's not a fundraiser. Um, some of the information that had been put out was from last year. And so they did a lot of backpedaling. It's not a fundraiser, although funds will be raised at a different time, sort of in conjunction. It was very much splitting hairs. But after we did a podcast on it, because of course it's problematic if you have to pay to hear a prophet's voice, you know, an apostle's voice. So that's what we were trying to shine our own spotlight on. Um, one of our wonderful Mormonish viewers donated the money for us to go to the Book of Mormon Central dinner. We couldn't believe it. So we we signed up. We She paid for us. Um, Suddenly they got wind that it was us and they called Landon or Landon called them to find out why they had then taken our tickets back. They refunded the charges and didn't want us to go. And what did they tell you, Landon? That they didn't think we'd want to go because yeah. they had uh, seen our, uh, uh, our episodes and they didn't think that. If it's open to the public, it's not their decision to decide. Exactly. Exactly. We don't think you'd want to go. Yeah. Then you'd be honest and, and we say, paid. we are afraid of you. We don't want and, you to come. Yeah. And we paid. Yep. Whoa. That, yep. I didn't know that happened. Yeah, That's... no, it's funny. And so what else did they tell you, Landon? It's a funny story. Well, I, I basically said, well, I thought this uh, was, you know, uh, uh, just, it's not a fundraiser razor so it sounds like anyone should be able to buy a ticket and go if it's not a if it's not anything specific and uh then he said well okay but can you vouch for that woman that's coming with you and i'm going uh the one whose son is currently serving a mission uh yeah, yeah i can vouch for her that yeah. we're, we're just do you think to rebecca was it a, who were you talking to a man or a woman a man. It was a man. Rebecca, if you yeah. called, would he have said, okay, Rebecca, but can you vouch for no, me? No, I'm sure not. And, and it definitely showed us what people think about post-Mormons. They think that we can't behave ourselves, that we can't be civil, that we, you know, and they alluded to, are you going to come and record it? It was just ridiculous um, because no, we're interested in finding out what's going on. We're interested in talking to other scholars that are there. We can be, I was going to well, buy a dress with sleeve. I know. I was going to buy a sleeve. I was like, I bet you're even going to cover your porn. Yeah, no, I would have. And then so so they said, okay, they said you can can come. That's fine. We'll let you come as long as Landon can vouch for you. And so Ew. our wonderful donor gave us the money. We repurchased the tickets. Then we did our episodes with Dr. John Lund Wall, where we had this new take on the authenticity of the Book of Mormon. They were very um, they were watched quite a bit. A lot of apologists yeah. from Book of Mormon Central started watching. And then then they lowered the boom, didn't they, Landon? Yep. They they came back and said, we saw your Dr. Lundwall episode. Uh, we're, we're, you can't come. Um, yeah. Which Wait. is amazing because Dr. Lundwall is is putting out scholarship, which is what yes. they're supposed to be about. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like in academia, you want to be able to compare yes. scholarship. You want to be like, that's the whole point of peer reviewed scholarship. Like, so the fact that they don't want any naysayers and they're con they're considering themselves some sort of like reputable academic place with any credibility is very shocking. 
and that, that's what upset me so much is I'm going, uh, you're this is right. Like if it's so true, apologist scholars are supposed me. to be <laughs> convinced. Yeah. Like teach me, show me the evidence that yeah. you have. <laughs> Please peer review it. And Monique would know this. She is a professor, we should mention, with a PhD. So Monique knows peer review is key and important, and you should welcome it yeah. to any research that you do. However, I think we kind of understand why they don't. Why so, they don't. Anyway, <laughs> it was a, it was a funny, you know, and, and we would have gone and it would have been really interesting. And we would have been very well behaved because we always are. We're very professional. And it would have been really interesting. And we even had decided not to do a podcast on it because some people were like, oh, go get the dirt. That was not what we were doing at all. We might have mentioned it in other podcasts, but we were it's never going to do also, an expose. As, as people that are doing, you know, content in this, in this area, you want to hear how TBMs feel. You want to hear what's Absolutely. the latest evidence that's making you believe yep. you like a Mormon or is there a new, is there a new scholarship? Is it being yep. challenged or what? Like, it, like if, if people saw us all as people, instead of us versus them, they wouldn't have a problem with you being a part of this circle and that circle. And here's what we believe here. And Oh, here's what we just found out about the book of Mormon. What do you think of that? You don't agree. That's yep. cool. Like that's how we learn and grow as organic humans. And this like, this distance is so it's just cultish i just i know i keep saying it maybe it's because i spent most of my life telling everyone i'm not in a cult now i'm like god i was you sounded like an elf right there with your hat on <laughs> i'm not in a cult i'm I, just an elf i even bought I this to go yeah. there landon bought that they told us a week ahead that we were not invited i bought a dress with sleeves but landon no, bought a suit we were going shocked. to go so what does yeah. that tell you about your truth claims? Not much, not exactly. much. Also, they, Landon, you wore that to my gala and you I did. fantastic. Yes. So it still, it still made its presence. <laughs> yeah. We had other opportunities. Thank goodness. So yeah, that was, that was more of a personal shocking moment, but, but, you know, maybe lessons to be learned by the broader community about, you know, just, and Book of Mormon Central, which is now Scripture Central, um, one of their taglines or what they say on their website is we do what the church can't do. And that is to put out apologetics and information that the church itself would not be able to say because it's maybe more not as substantiated or on the fringe. Hey, we found Lehi's house. Oh. You know, you're not going to hear that from conference. However, you can go to this very slick website. So that's if you're how they explain yeah. away the yes. fact that the church doesn't seem to collaborate any of their fights. We take the risk. Because kind of the church doesn't want to get sued by people like Huntsman right. claiming that you told right. us this was right. and it's not. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So we'll let Scripture Central tell you all the all of that stuff so that you can believe through them without us having to be uh, exactly. And, and it's a, it's a very well, it's slick so, site. It's really disappointing because a lot of people too leave the church. When I first left, I was like. But maybe the Book of Mormon is still true. I mean, maybe it is. Maybe it is an ancient text. But all the guys got weird, like which I don't believe that now. But my point is, to their perspective, there are plenty of people in your realm watching your pods that are searching, that are trying to figure it out. That may, in fact, be like, well, not, that part didn't work for me. But like, you know, let me try and understand that part of Moroni more. And Scripture mm -hmm. Central is having this event, or or you go to this event, and now, oh, Mormon has talked about that, like. It's just such yeah. a, they make it so binary when they just make these, these lines and we, we stop learning from each other and it's so silly. It hurts them. Also though, the Book of Mormon isn't true. So they can't, yeah. I, I think <laughs> and it's, it's a moot point and I know that, but I'm just saying like from their perspective, it's like encourage conversation. Maybe we'll learn from each other, right? 
I, I listen, think you just we, didn't want anyone there fact checking whether this was actually a fundraiser or not. I, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's true. Uh, I will say though, they well, were very nice the over there. They were, is this the ad? It was, but that is the fundraiser yeah, ad. No, they were they were very nice people. I'm not saying that they were, you know, they were very nice and, yeah, and very nice. they're yeah. very nice. So it was just, you know, we would have loved to, we would have loved to attend and we would have we would have liked to make connections with people and have them come on the show to talk about different things. Yeah. So. I mean, I've even tried to go to their website to learn things too. Cause I'm like, I want to learn the discrepancies. I want to hear the apologies yeah. and yeah. you can't when they close the doors to you. Yep. All right. On to the next one. Oh, okay. This has to do back to the SEC that Landon mentioned. This all happened at the very beginning, way back in 2023, where the church was slapped with a fine from the SEC for not disclosing how much freaking money they had in the stock market. You have to file paperwork. Um, what they did is they created, they, it's actually shell company. That's the word, but they created a new word called clone company um, where they could kind of, fudge and hide the actual amount of money that they had. It says each closed co clone company has an address outside of Utah chosen according to the SEC to create the impression that the clone LLCs conducted business operations throughout the U.S., making it more difficult to trace them back to Anson Peak, the financial arm of the church, or the church. The clone LLCs also each had a business manager many of whom were church employees, but the companies never exercised investment discretion over the church's assets. They were just a PO box and a voicemail box. And the thing, maybe Landon, you can explain a little bit more about it in case uh, there's a little more to say. Well, they created these companies on the same day uh, and yeah. moved, uh, uh, all of the finances into all of the funds into these. But, the, you know, to be a company, it had to be separate. It had to be managed, management decision made by mm -hmm. those company leaders. The company leaders were all assigned church employees who didn't mm -hmm. even know what was in them. And they were told, you need to sign this at the end of each year. You need to sign this, which doesn't show how much we really have in it. Of course, you have no idea how much is in it. Uh, you're supposed to as uh, in order to sign this, but we're not telling you. Go ahead and mm -hmm. sign it. You can trust us. We're your church leaders. And, and employees were signing these. Um, clone company is just a nice way to say shell company because mm -hmm. shell company has a, a bad reputation associated with it uh, that you're trying to hide or launder money. And that's exactly what they were doing. They were afraid that if the church, if the church members found out how much money they had, uh, they would not receive tithing anymore because everyone, no one's going to continue to, to sacrifice so that you can make hundreds of billions of dollars in the stock market and they knew what they were doing and they intentionally hid this they intentionally misled the government and they intentionally misled their own membership to say uh to to hide the money so that people didn't know what they had wow yeah and are they, the, are they gonna get away with this like what's yeah. gonna happen <laughs> No, they were fine. You know, they were fined $5 million and everyone's like, oh, that's a drop in the bucket. But it is the highest fine that the SEC is able to give. So yeah, this was a pretty unconscionable act. And the thing that was interesting to me, as Landon mentioned, there's a church employee kind of low level with a very bland name that was assigned to each of these companies. You know, Joe Smith, just a nobody, right? 13 this sounds people. like the mafia. Everything yeah. I hear sounds like the I know. mafia. I know, I exactly. So these people are assigned to be the manager of a PO box and a voicemail, and they have to sign their name on the end of the year documents, you know, for taxes. So the 13 people assigned to do this 
two of them said, eventually, I think when they realized what they were being asked to do, I won't. I would love to know the story of those two people that backed out. Of course, they were instantly replaced with two other people that would be more than happy to do it. But I'd love to know about those two that looked at it, saw it for what it was and said, I'm not, I'm not going to crush my water bottle basically is what they said. I'm not crushing this water this is a bottle. call to them. Are they so, anonymous? Yeah, yeah. Rebecca, call to them. Yeah, that no, was, if anyone knows who they are, if this they This is ever... a platform for your voice yep. to be heard. No, if anyone knew sucks. who they were Absolutely. and if they ever step a different direction, I would love to talk to them because oh, I think they're kind of heroes. They stood up. So They are heroes. Oh, here we go. The church threatens to sue Cody Wyoming into oblivion. Take this one, Landon. We've been dealing with this for almost the entire year. <laughs> yeah, we have. Uh, when the church decided to uh, build a temple in, in Cody, Wyoming, it was on donated land uh, that was next to a, a neighborhood. Uh, one of the things, that, you know, the first thing they, they were concerned about was the dark skies. It's a very, uh, uh, it's an area outside uh, Yellowstone. It's a wilderness type of area. Very dark, known for its hunting, its fishing. It's a town founded by Buffalo Bill Cody. Um, and so very Western. And uh, they, they wanted to build this temple in a, in a neighborhood that would then be lit up like they do all their temples, uh, block out their views, the night skies. Uh, and it was built in an in a area zoned for residential area, which means it had a 30-foot uh, limit on the height. Uh, as you can see, this is much taller than 30 feet. It's 110 feet. Uh, but the city planner uh, for the city was uh, LDS and said, no, the, uh, the steeple doesn't count uh, because it's <laughs> sitting on the roof, which it turns out it's part of the structure of the building. Uh, but the church sent uh, the, the neighbors started saying, we're concerned about this. The church sent out their PR guy. Uh, he sat down and met with them and said, we want your input. We've uh, we've studied Cody architecture for years to make this blend in. Uh, anyone who's been to Cody, that, this looks nothing like anything Cody. Uh, I don't know. That was just a, that's just not true. It looks like all their other uh, standard temples that uh, fit this same mold. Um, they, uh, so anyway, uh, they went to ha have the planning meetings and the, the residents stood up for it and said, no, we don't want this in this area. Go put it put it where it's zoned properly. And uh, the church basically threatened uh, after telling them that they wanted to work with them and they wanted to hear their ideas. Uh, they all of a sudden uh, said, we're going to sue you into oblivion and we will sue you and sue you and sue you until the city is bankrupt. So it's irresponsible for you as the city planners to continue to vote against us because we will sue you until you tell the city's bankrupt and the city uh, ended up uh, kind of bending on this, but not yeah. until after they'd been, um, uh, you know, the, the claims right now is, is that the city planner was giving them information that was yeah. not accurate. They didn't even know what they were voting on when they voted. They were told that the steeple was not part of the, the final. And even the, the member on the board, the LDS member on the board, didn't know what he was voting for. Uh, that was made clear through the, uh, 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 through the emails that they were able to get through the F Freedom of Information Act. So the people there just said, what is this? What what kind of organization is this that comes in? They're going to build a yeah. building. We, we, we get in our town hall meeting and we're all of a sudden threatened to be sued into oblivion. And now the, yeah. the, the local neighborhood is having to foot the bill uh, to make this fight rather than the city because uh, after four lawsuits, they can't afford to. The, the city said, no, uh, we're, we're not going to fight it anymore. 
why why won't they just not have the sequel that tall <laughs> that's there's a there's a whole thought about this is what we need to to worship you know we need to have this pointing to god pillar in the what? wilderness however the residents that we are work with we've been working with them for almost a year um they point to other temples that only have a dome you know so and, and again i know different. isn't it is and again we need to say that these residents are would love to have a temple in their town just put it somewhere where it's zoned for put it somewhere where it's appropriate follow the zone zoning laws the codes of the laws of the land basically we see the same stuff happening in heber so but but this one was pretty obvious where the headlines were like we are getting four lawsuits we are literally going to sue you into oblivion and now these residents are footing the bill themselves to try to you know to and what's really interesting is that this temple the pieces of it it's one of these new pop-up tip-up temples. Tip temples the pieces are are already there on the member who donated the land for the temple. They're at one of his companies and they're just sitting there and they've been sitting there even before I think the city was really made aware of what was happening. The was church is very confident. Even, before they even filed for the permit. Yeah. yeah, very confident that it's going to happen. So really interesting to see this David and Goliath story and also Heber Valley, uh, David and Goliath. And we've done multiple episodes. If anybody wants to look into this, it's fascinating to see them together. I wish that a larger news outlet would pick up the two stories together. Um, but there's a playlist on Mormonish YouTube channel where you can kind of catch up on everything because you can't make this stuff up is what I'm saying. The tactics and the things that have happened, you just can't make it up. And, and again, both residents in Heber and in Cody initially started out saying, oh, we're church going people. This is a church. We'll see if we can work it out. And at this point, as Landon alluded to, they're saying, what is this? this you have is to ask yourself, has the mission statement yeah. of the church changed, or at least blatantly mm -hmm. overtly changed? Sure. Because what's yeah. the point of temples? Not to bring people to Christ. Yeah. You're re repelling everyone yeah. you can in the oh, wake yeah. of this monstrosity of being disrespectful of their current culture, and you just don't care. But that, then what's the point? What, why are we building temples then? To push yeah. people away? Yeah, they don't see it. There's so much divisiveness in both towns. There's even been boycotting of LDS businesses in Cody just because they it, feel it, they feel colonized. They feel that's <laughs> colonized. They feel colonized. You said it. That's exactly right. And it's interesting because in both places, either in their city council meetings or on the newspaper, the active members will say, yeah, but this temple will bless everyone. Don't Shut you see? Up. They do not understand. That is and, the and grossest thing to say. I know that they that's what they think. It will bless everyone and families. <clears throat> Whereas, you know, our citizens are going, it won't at all, not one bit. It's right in front of my house. It's lit up to, you know, Jack to Jesus, lit to God. But one of the really interesting things in Heber, um, of course, the church is using, you know, this is a religious building, you know, they're trying to use all those protections in Heber. Um, they're saying it's not a religious building. It should be zoned a private club. Once they realize that very few people can enter, even in the church membership, they started uh, trying to take that angle that this should not have any protection. This is true. not a religious building. It's not open it's a to the community. Private club, oh absolutely, with certain restrictions, certain monetary restrictions to get in. You got to pay to access it. Yep. Only your... certain demographics yep. are allowed. Yep. yep. So it was Whoa. very smart of them, and that's the one thing we noticed is that these residents who've never been Mormon, they belong to other religions. We'll describe things to them or we'll tell them about these different tactics. They see it so clearly right away. They're like, oh, well, they're doing that because of this. That You know, the rest of us, it still takes us a while, having been raised in to spot it. They right. see it so clearly. They went, yeah, they went right at private club. They're like, oh, not every member can come in. Well, what do you have to do to get in? And when we outlined it, they're like, oh, 
private club because you have to follow these restrictions and, yeah, and they pay. know they know how people play the game we mm -hmm. are people yeah. in the church don't believe that the people above are playing a game but they are yeah. <laughs> yeah that's it that's it exactly oh my gosh wisdom from a woman in an elf hat that's what it is so all right um oh the first americans museum oh. big give back yes landon and i were tipped off to this way back in the summer and we kind of created an episode finally put it out a couple months ago and then an article came out in the tribune finally um from peggy fletcher stack basically two years ago or three years ago the church presented with great pomp and circumstance a check to this museum, the First Americans Museum in Oklahoma, to build a family history center inside the museum. Um, you can see an example of this with the recently opened um, International African American Museum, which they also presented a $2 million check. The museum was built. The church history library is inside the museum and they're calling it a crowning jewel. It's staffed by missionaries. You go in, you search your family, you put in your records. Well, in the case of the First Americans Museum, the check was given. There was a fireside. President Nelson gave an advance. <clears throat> fireside. It was a. It was a big deal. But then, kind of crickets. Like so, we started getting tipped off. I don't think that that family history library was ever built. And we're like, what? We started checking around. We called the museum. They said, Oh no, we don't have anything like that. I wish we did. They said. Um, we called other people. Nobody seemed to know what had happened. Eventually, it kind of trickled out that there were just some issues, um, especially with the church's past in regards to Native Americans. Um, the idea that there would be this museum here that might take information and records, might possibly be using it, baptisms for the dead, those kinds of things, appropriating culture. Anyway, and also just disagreement among everybody involved in the museum about taking money from a church. So the interesting part of the story, however, is that there was never any retraction anywhere. You can still see articles on the church, um, not the church newsroom, but the church news about this donation. There's still things on Wikipedia saying they gave this donation. So, you know, maybe that's a fine point. Maybe there really isn't a way to make it a, a, a retraction, but the point is the PR continues for this donation. Well, and you see it a lot. And, it's, a, yeah. it's a pattern with the church PR to push. We just donated yeah. $1 million, <laughs> which is 0. 0.00001%. Like, yeah. So, and then people, and then members say, well, they, oh, the $50 million FC, whatever, CC, I don't even know things. Right. Yeah, but did you see over here though? We gave we gave yes. Native Americans. We can't we can't pop the mountain that is massacre can't be true because did you see here we just gave that and so they keep that all out there so that people grab their breadcrumbs and mm -hmm. stay comfortable. Yeah. No, it was interesting to look into it, wasn't it, Landon? Yeah, yep, definitely interesting. And and you know, you can't pull it back from everywhere, but then no. that's why you put out a corrected press statement that mm -hmm. says that the money was given back and that uh uh, the Family History Center will not be built as advertised, so everybody knows what happened. Uh, yeah. That, that, that's how be you honest handle. in your dealings with your fellow men. That's be it. honest. Well, interestingly, interestingly, the Tribune article did mention that there was a statement on the museum's website that the, the funds were, had been returned. But we looked really hard over the summer for that any kind of statement. We wrote to them. We wrote to the church. And there was nothing. So I don't know if that statement has been added recently. It is there now. But we couldn't find anything and, like and you that. You still can only find it if you know the link. If it you wasn't there until after you the link, kept emailing. We, we that's what I wonder. Yeah. Well, they did it because of you. They realized, oh my gosh, these podcasters theory. are going to reveal. No, I'm sure. Yeah, Good maybe. Job. 
I don't know. That's keeping them honest. Keeping them honest. All right. So this was another big one from the beginning of the year. This is church historian Kyle McKay. And he gave an address in Idaho where, to me, this speaks volumes about kind of this new idea of how people can even still keep their testimonies and remain. Right, Landon? That's right. Let's play this. I think there's two separate clips. We'll just play them both and then we can talk about both. Please hear me and understand. There will always be some reason or another to doubt the truthfulness of this church and gospel. There are arguments and evidence supporting the proposition that there is no God, that Jesus was just a good philosopher teacher, that Joseph Smith was simply a charismatic storyteller, and that this church and gospel are not true. This evidence, these arguments are on some level appealing and believable, for there are many who believe them. The existence of such evidence and arguments should neither surprise nor shake you. I invite you to read again 2 Nephi chapter 2. So in this first clip, he's saying there's tons of reasons why you can, you can think it wasn't true. And then the greatest clip of all. Brothers and sisters, I hope you realize that having perplexing questions that arise from reasons to doubt is not a problem. But please understand Finding answers to these perplexing questions ultimately is not the solution. <laughs> yeah, we were stunned. Everyone was like, it's just, it, but what else can you, what are you going to do? Think of it. What are you going to do when you are trying to manage a, a religion, an organization with all these people, and you've been able to sell this narrative since the beginning and control it. And now in the age of information, you can't. And the, the problem is the claims are not from hundreds and hundreds of years ago, nor are they believable, right? So you have to prove this crazy thing happened a hundred or so years ago, and you can't. You can't because it's not true. And we have we might not have good documenting from Jesus's time and ancient America. We have pretty good documentation for the last hundred and fifty years. So so in other words, like really, what else can they say other than you're about to find out that this is all bullshit? Believe it anyways. What else can they say? What else can you're going to have doubts? Yep. Finding the answers isn't the answer because the answers will lead you away from the church. There's no answer that makes you stay. So don't find the answers. Like, I, I, yep. I'm not trying. I know that sounds so disrespectful, no. but like cognitively, I don't see it any other way. Yeah, no, you hit it on the head. That was boy that mark that part right there for a short Landon. that was really <laughs> good, Monique. No, you're absolutely <laughs> right. And I'm really impressed that you saw so we, we've done a couple episodes with uh, Reverend Dr. Laura, um, who, anyway, about OUR and that kind of stuff. But she's, you know, she's a Christian, another denomination, and she's a reverend. And she looks at Mormons as she's learning more about it. And she said exactly what you just said. She said, with Christianity, um, it's a really long time ago. We have a few things written down, but there's plausible deniability. You know, it's okay. There's wiggle room. She goes, I can't imagine what it would be like to be a modern day religion where every single thing, you have a complete literate history that is very problematic. And so you have to explain it away. You have to say that it means something that is different. There's proof right there. We have the journals, we have the writing. It's a fully literate origin story. She goes, that must be really rough. I'm like, you have no idea. And this yes. is an example of that. Yes. Exactly what you just said. You have to say, you're going to find it 
that's not the answer to find it, leave it alone. So I don't know, right. Landon, what do you think? Well, this is coming from the church historian. So the mm -hmm. church historian is saying, looking at the history of the church to answer your questions about that the is alarming. It's not the answer. That's not the solution. So what that should be what the is? biggest How red flag <laughs> ever. The person who is the church's official looking at the history is like, there's a lot of stuff in here that you're not going to believe is true. And also it's not. So, so just let it go. Just let it go. Don't worry about the answers. Like for a historian at that high level. To be well, he's that, a lawyer. He's a lawyer. Yeah. But he's he, filling oh. in the capacity of it. All well, church historians are lawyers. But yeah. he, so does he work as a church history no, he's, he kind of oversees about after Leonard Arrington, they started calling lawyers to be overseeing well, yeah, the history that, department. So that's yeah, problematic for too, this exact right? reason. Right. Yeah. But that's, that's not what a historian is yeah. supposed to be. And so this, no. uh, this should be the biggest red flag. Yeah. The history, like he said in the first clip, you will find things. There's compelling evidence. There are evidences. There's see, because I, I grew up going, there's nothing to see here, kids. Yes. Everything yeah. shows the church is one. I mean, I literally spent so many years of my life going, it's so strange that so many people know the church is true, but just decide not to live it. Yeah. Because I thought it was abundantly obvious that it was true, you know, yeah. but now it's, but now, so now what is this? Okay, actually, there's a million things that prove it's not true. Ignore them. Like that's, a, this is a new shift of the age of information. Exactly, exactly. And we don't have clips from it, but later in the talk, he talks about how Satan is able to produce really compelling evidence. And so the more obvious oh, it seems, the yes. more that might be Satan, which this puts people in the mind game. Like, yeah, like but literal evidence in front of you. Yeah, there's that's nothing Satan. you I have don't to believe. believe there's, yeah, nothing. there's nothing. Uh, yeah, yeah. If, if anything can be faked that you don't want to be real, then there's nothing that you live in except yeah. for your delusion. That's it. Wow. Right? Another soundbite right there, Landon. Monique's on a roll. That's exactly it. Nope. You see it pretty clearly. And that's why we chose it for one of our most shocking moments, because we all kind of realized what the narrative is going to be from now on. There's no choice but that it be this. There's no other option. And I think it'll work for a lot of people. But then eventually, I think people will start feeling, huh, this is this I is think not I think this is a new religion, which is, you know, it seems so to us, it's all there was. But this is very new. Many new religions don't make it. I don't yeah. see this baby making it unless they we go like like really off grid like RLDS like yeah. Warren Jeffs like no yeah. one's gonna buy the stuff unless they are so cut off from everything else that's it because it's too yeah. the evidence is too abundant and it's increasing and and it's not just the evidence of the truth claims it's the biological evidence of how wrong mm -hmm. we're treating fellow humans and all the institutions that are still stuck in ancient times it's not gonna last so I'm just very curious to see. I, I just, in other words, I don't see the church surviving unless it shrinks and gets more extreme. Yep. Oh, I think we already see that. I think we see progressive and we see fundamental and they're going farther and farther apart and the church yeah. tries to stay in the middle. It doesn't really weigh in on either side or stop either side, but eventually they're going to have to. What's interesting though, is that the church as it's set up, it is a corporation soul with a religious arm. So the religious arm may disappear but the corporation and the one of the biggest land portfolios in the United States and $200 billion in the stock market, that will continue on Ooh, forever, whether or not the thought. religious arm disappears. It is a thought. It is a thought. I know. What do you think, Landon? <laughs> I, I think it'll go for a long time yet uh, because of their wealth, but uh, they're going to be losing money. You, you, can't, you yeah. can't hide history and, and it's going to catch up to them. 
Yep. Which brings us to another shocking moment. This is in the very same vein. This is our Elder Haney again, the someone, same one that was allowed to sit at the big boys table in the lunchroom. And in that same talk, he's talking about, well, the problematic voices from the dust, right? That's what we call former leaders' voices, the voice from the dust. Well, they said a lot of stuff that isn't gelling today at all. It's very problematic. So he actually said out loud, Unlike vintage comic books and classic cars, prophetic teachings do not become more valuable with age. That is why we should not seek to use the words of past prophets to dismiss the teachings of living prophets. What do you think about that, Monique? Well, I'm the thing that surprises me about this was how much people were surprised because I've one. always been taught this. I've, I've heard this, I've taught this uh, over and over and over, which, and even as I was learning it as a child, my mom told me it's over and over. So I always ask questions like, well, we did it different then. And why don't we do polygamy anymore, mom? Like I would teach, I taught this in young women's. This has been in manuals, I swear. So I, this is one of those where I'm like, am I in the twilight zone? Like, is it, even though I felt like it was problematic and the older I got, the more I'm like, wait, why are we praising Abraham and Joseph Smith, but acting like Momsen's the one that trumps them all. But but I'm telling you, we in primary, we would sing songs, follow the prophet, the one that matters, the whatever the current prophet says trumps what everyone else says, in other words. And that's an authoritarian move. And it's a way to completely dismiss any of the rich, rich value of, of traditions in the past of your, you know, like is Gandhi and Jesus. I mean, should we just say F Jesus? Like he's in the dust now. Like <laughs> what does Russell have to say? So I, I mean, I think it's a very, very icky, problematic thing to teach, but I guess I'm surprised because I'm kind of realizing maybe I learned things that were more extreme that a lot of other people didn't know. And now that it's coming out on the pulpit, some people that never heard them are like shocked, but I'm like, we've always believed this weird stuff, guys. Do you know what I mean? I, so yeah. I'm confused a little bit. Oh, I see that. How'd you take it, Landon? Well, I think, I think that uh, they've always taught that, uh, you know, you, you, you listen to the living prophet, but the living prophet's supposed to be building on the dead prophet. The two shouldn't conflict mm -hmm. because it's all God speaking. Uh, here they kind of threw the old prophets under the bus and they said yeah. teachings do not become more valuable with age. Well, that's completely false. We all yeah. know that it's the antiquity of the word uh, that gives it its its power. The more the older it is, and the more revered it is, the more power it has. Therefore, we, we know that uh, you know the old Abraham and Joseph and all of those old uh, stories. That it's because they're so old and they've lasted so long. And Judaism is such an old religion that it's revered. Uh, nobody believes that the new prophets are giving us all the valuable information. We're getting water bottle stories. Nothing. From, exactly. From Pickles and water bottles. There's yeah. Yeah. We not, we've got no new doctrine. We've got no new teachings from any of these guys. We've got new policies, mm -hmm. but, but uh, the only thing we see is them rolling back doctrine, not, not progressing with doctrine you know they've pulled they've pulled back on uh, blacks in the priesthood and said they can uh they've they've uh rolled back polygamy and said mm -hmm. no we you know mm -hmm. so they're they're pulling back what they taught as doctrine the prophets are now undoing not yeah. not to, so they're having to undo old prophets and that's the reason he's got this talk yes yep. trying to and say, bring him young well it reminds me of I think it was Bruce R. McConkie right after the the ban was reversed on the priesthood 
do you remember his talk right after? Because everybody was like, what? you?" Because they had made it so clear from God, from the lips of the prophet, blah, blah, blah. Like there, there was no question that it was part of the doctrine that blacks could not have the priesthood. So once that changed, people were like, what, is, what does that mean? How do you explain yeah. that away? Do you remember McConkie's speech explaining it away? It was this. So I think yeah. that they're trying to hearken back to that because he was one of the hardest ones saying God will never let blacks have the priesthood. So he had to eat some crow up there, which they don't do anymore. I thought it was interesting. He didn't do it well, you know, still self-preservation but i thought it was interesting that his way out like what's the pr way out of this was to say well whatever we set up until this moment doesn't ever matter the present moment is what matters the most whatever the current prophet says right now that's because whatever god's telling him that's what everyone needs to know what some dead person said or a long time ago they're not for your dispensation right so to me <laughs> that's where this comes from and he just yeah. is but yeah. but at the same time the fact that it's so shocking it's 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 a hopeful thing because it's telling me like people like me and older, like we kind of got used to it. We heard, oh yeah, whatever. But you got these younger kids going, ew, what? Wait, what? We're not supposed to care about any, what? Yeah. And then you have the older people going, well, it doesn't mean it how it sounds. And so we're kind of having all these new things yeah. generationally, I think. <laughs> and it makes you ask, why would you care now today about what the prophet said in October? Because six months be from now yeah. and you see them switching things just like lightning speed mormon is not you know let's dial back mormon let's do this you know so new person right a whole new agenda nothing means anything there's no tradition there's nothing to hang on to it's right. all in the wind and it's in a vacuum and isn't that that's the opposite of conservative tradition and core values so there's some that's strange it. there's some strange stuff happening here to try and survive it feels yeah like. there is and they have said that the the only place to look at doctrine or the real things that are going on are the words of the living prophet the church magazines yeah. where there's current information put out and to me the most important thing the handbook if you really want to know what religion you belong to read the handbook you will be really surprised at what's actually in there. Well, and I, I also think a lot of members, uh, active members are asking the question, why is all these changes happening so fast when we, when we got one new prophet? Everything mm -hmm. that in the past is now being changed, which is exactly what I'm saying. It's like we, we do these things because the gospel is how Jesus said we're supposed to do it or how the church is supposed to be run. Why did Jesus all of a sudden, as soon as Russell M. Nelson became prophet, decide everything we'd been doing in, in the past was wrong and had to be done a different way? And I think they're trying to address that. Oh, it's the living prophet. It, well, yeah, yeah, yeah you're not. right, because this didn't come out of left field, right? Usually when these yeah. things are mentioned, they don't say it often because it doesn't sound so great, you know, but it's, it's there's a reason. And the reason is, uh oh, something's coming down the pipeline or something did just come down the pipeline that's so contradictory, people's heads are going to spin. Let's remind yeah. them all, just forget everything else and listen to what we're saying right here, right now. But, yeah, but you're right. Flip -flopper. Know. Yeah, total flip-flopper on the Mormon thing. I'm like, listen, if you're offended that I say Mormon, I, I am a Hinkley girl, okay? I, I am a Hinkley what? child. A Sorry, like, I'm a Mormon. We were Mormons well, back then. <laughs> look at November 15th, right? Everybody had to force themselves to get on board with that, even though it was so morally and just, you know, your conscience just told you this is completely wrong. You got yourself on board and then God's a flip-flopper. A few years later, you know, in the in the wake of all this destruction that had happened, flip, 
flip-flop, there you go. So how can you trust anything? I, I don't know how anybody's able to wrap their head around it. So anyway, that was one of our shopping moments. Um, Pat Holland's funeral, that's a small one here, but um, I love Sister Holland. Actually, when I started at BYU, I got to meet her in person. I went to her reception and she said some very nice things to me as I was starting my freshman year. I've always really liked her and she passed away, unfortunately. But I think the most... Uh, fascinating thing about this picture is the placement of her casket and, and the placement of the Q15 in the front. Um, she's relegated over by the organ. Her family, which is sitting exactly opposite of the casket, can't even see their mother in the casket. They can see the Q15 in the red chairs, which I just learned recently are, are Masonic. They have those in the Masonic temple, the red chairs. So I don't know, Landon, how did you feel when they, I was really saddened by that picture because Pat, Sister ah. Holland was really an amazing woman and gosh darn it, she belongs front and center like anybody else's funeral with a picture right there. It's her funeral. What do you think, Landon? Well, Sorry, I got kind of loud there, but it makes it's me mad. It's no different than any active Mormon funeral. The church will take over the funeral and always close with how important the church is and that the church and it's gospel is more you know that's how it, every funeral i've been to ends is with the bishop giving a message about the gospel of jesus christ and not about the person and this is just that on a big scale the church has mm -hmm. to take control they have to be more important than the person whose life you're supposed to be celebrating i know had you not seen that had you I not had seen it. that Monique? No, yeah I had it and it what are your first icky. impressions since you haven't seen it but if you if you can look at the picture the family is against that wall opposite of the casket well, yeah my first impression yeah. was well i was like they must have intentionally invited very few people because surely more people would feel that but also i was like is this like mid-motion like where why why are the pallbearers not finishing their path no like, that's where it the looks entire, like it got dropped yeah, on the no, way to the front by the and piano. honestly, it's, it's, you know, like I know people, oh, you're just nitpicking. Maybe the family liked that. No, this is a theme. This is a pattern, an intentional imagery pattern that women, as we know, we got kicked out of the stands in California recently. Yes. Women is intentional and it's calculated. And it's not just this case. Anytime you hear any elder, any apostle, any prophet, any reference of their wife, whether it's their birthday, whether they died, what, whatever it is, it's still... I think it was even you guys who posted it was a the announcement of her death and it was elder holland's face or something yeah. but they do it with so many people where it's like this beautiful woman who did so much for the church and we're so grateful for women we couldn't do it without you we value you sisters now that you're dead here's the husband still like parading you down the aisle i mean it's just right. there's never a place even at the very top where the women are treated remotely as anything other than secondary to their husbands. And not only that, it's intentionally crafted to look that way so that then us at the bottom go, oh, even the apostle's wife is fine with it. Even the yeah. apostle, Ooh, that's how that's how God wants us to, I'm going to be yeah. obedient. That's what it is. And it's so gross. Yeah. Ooh, such a good point. Yeah. And this does, this does, uh, this exactly has to do with the stand too, which I don't think we have a slide on, but that is a shocking moment. It's just like that. You can't be on the stand during life and you can't be toward the front, even in death. That's exactly it. So dang it. Even at your own funeral. Even yeah, at your own right. funeral. And so and gross. yeah, another Holland event. This was at the very beginning. He was, at, it was so funny how I believe in all the statements that came out, it said Elder Holland will speak at SUU. And then later when there was pushback, they called him Dr. Holland. Do you remember that? <laughs> they kind of switched it. 
<laughs> because boy, people were up in arms about that because of the musket talk, because of his open just disrespect of the LGBTQ community. They were not, they did not want him to speak at SUU. What do you remember from those articles, Landon, at the beginning of the year? Well, I, I know from my speaking uh, on my own, uh, you know, my son chose not to go to a church school. Um, he does not believe in the church anymore. He's looking for community. And so you go to a non-church school and then we see that they just, the, 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 the public universities keep inviting the church leaders to speak at the at the convocations and stuff. They're like our Vatican, the church. They run everything here. Yeah, yes, yes. That's we saw Wendy Nelson speak at UVU. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we see Elder Holland speaking at SUU. It's like there's people that do not belong to your church that do not need to hear from you. They're trying not to. You say you can't leave the church alone. Well, the church walks into your flipping life everywhere. You're right. You, That's you such a good point, so Landon. There they won't leave us alone. Go away. <laughs> Secular, please. Values than your values. Why don't we have someone who represents our values come speak right. to us? We get your values. They're legislated to us. The legislature does whatever the church wants. It's because all of the board members on the on the public universities are all LDS. So they all go, oh, who should we get? Oh, let's get let's get someone who's LDS to come yeah. speak to us. And and they they pull in popular LDS people. And they pull in church leaders. That's who they ha like to have come speak at their convocations. To highlight the church, even at a public university. It does. It's That's for, it's for the church. Have... It's not for the students. The students, like you said, they don't care. Nothing. This isn't their, per they don't care. But it's it's for the church to keep having their fingers. We're academic. We're well-respected in That's education. Right. Okay. I mean, let's see how long yeah. that lasts. Because no one in academia actually respects them. No, I was really true. proud. I was really proud of the students. And yeah. then it becomes this whole cancel culture versus free speech. And I'm like, hold on. They're using free speech to express how they want their tuition allocated and how they want the people that are administrators for their school that they're paying for to provide their events for them and to, to hear them. And they want it, that that's called democracy. That's democracy. How is this not free speech? This is not, you know, anyways, I was proud of it. No, I think it's great. Look at that sign. It says you could have at least picked Ukdor, which is funny. Like, but when you it want to stay home if you ask me, who wouldn't be protesting? And that's true. No, it was heating up and Mormonish. Well, we were planning to go there um, yeah. and see, you know, the picketing and report on it. And then what happened, Landon? <laughs> yeah, then we find out that he's uh, sick. He had COVID, I think, was the initial. Yep. And then suddenly he, he got was having COVID. a blood transfusion. And yeah. Uh, how I don't know what's, you know, he was in a coma, evidently, we heard. <laughs> and then all of a sudden he shows up and he's dedicating the St. George Temple. And he definitely looks sick. So I think something definitely happened. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, I it, mean, it I was, was suspicious fortunate. that he didn't really get COVID and that was to save face. But yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. because I, I believe I can't remember, but I know a lot of the administrators were sharing things that were like or people that worked on that side of it that were like, we don't want this. Like we're trying, we're being disrespected and bulldozed over like so there was an internal fight like they were like we want to respect our student body and it's not a matter of hey you're bringing in a baptist and we're not a baptist church and they're pissed you're bringing in someone who specifically just went to another student body and said really violent homophobic yeah. stuff to them really hate so you have an obligation to not do that to your students like you need to protect your students from hate speech you know yeah no they were talking about having an alternate graduation that would be safe 
you know, where you didn't have to go hear Elder Holland speak. I mean, come on. And then when he did bow out because of illness, if he was, I mean, I'm sure he was ill, but it was convenient, I guess. Right. Um, then instead they had, I think, just three students speak. They didn't even pick another speaker because that would have been problematic too. Who is replacing him? Meaning you're in, you endorse him, but not him. Oh, it was just yeah, too political. So yeah, that was a big moment from the beginning of the year. But yeah, he did not speak. So interesting. What do we have next? I think we must be getting to the end. There were so many. Oh, this goes back to um, Jim Ballard, doesn't it? Yeah, where where we learned that it was possible that Elder Ballard had perhaps shared some tithing information of high net worth people who were in the church so that they could be contacted by OUR and they could be asked to donate. Or at the very least, was somehow aware of the members that are high net worth and Elder Ballard maybe called them himself as we learned from Russell Brunson. I mean, that seems kind of step-by-step. Russell Brunson in his video said, Elder Ballard contacted me. I didn't know anything about OUR before. So could there be a way that somehow Elder Ballard knows who are the members to contact? I don't know. What do you think, Landon? Or Monique first. No, go, ahead. go ahead, Landon. Well, we checked into this um, yeah. and, and whether there's a list that he gave to Tim or whether yeah. he's just calling the people in and doing it himself. But we know the church is using this information because we looked at the Prop 8 uh, right. as part of it. And we talked to multiple people who said, I was called and I was told Salt Lake, the, the stake president called them and said, Salt Lake has asked you to give $10,000 mm-hmm. overnight. Uh, we need yeah. we need you to do it. They knew who could give it. They had a list. They knew who their top tithing donators were, and they used it. And that was not for church purposes. So we know that they'll use it for non-church purposes. Why wouldn't they use it for uh, this scheme to get people to join the church? And at the same time, Prophet Elder Ballard, because uh, as we saw with uh, uh, Lynn Packard's investigation, Elder Ballard often called high-end people into his office and then asked them to donate or to invest in his son's businesses or his son-in-law's businesses. Uh, we've got records of that from Lynn Packard where uh, that happened. Uh, so this seems to be something that Elder Ballard had a habit of doing. Uh, and so this shouldn't be surprising uh, once we know the background of him. Uh, it's unfortunate that he passed before he had to answer any questions about this. Uh, yeah, it is. Inf- it's really unfortunate. I mean, I'm telling you, I hope people are taking scrupulous notes because this is a thriller mega trilogy book series. Like I'm telling you, the stuff's <laughs> happening out of Utah. Like I know, like you said, confirmation bias, but even so, yeah, even that's, so. I mean, he died in the middle of it all. Like he can't like now he can't defend himself. And now the church is like, oh, it sucks. He's dead. But like the whole like it's just like you you can't make this stuff up so you know i i think it's very unfortunate because that he passed obviously it's unfortunate that he passed but especially so in that these are conversations we need to have these are answers we deserve for so many reasons but he's not here to defend himself and so it's just now it's real messy and you got active famous members that brunson whatever guy i swear yes. if i see his feed and my ads again he, <laughs> I, I don't want to follow you yeah um, he's very popular that's uh, i don't know what he does he's like, anyway that's really i know it's true isn't is that our next slide landon about russell ballard oh, yeah it is actually there, there you go that anyway, was it just, yeah like we yeah. said how convenient i know i mean it's yes. it's sad it's obviously we're sad anybody passes away we would not make light of that but you're right. It, it certainly is going to leave a lot because of questions. Because you have, you have active, holes. famous members like that Brunson guy 
saying for the world a few days ago no that's actually he did ask me for money the apostle came to me so it's like you know and the implications there are uh, to be honest with you i don't think members are going to care that much about that no i wouldn't have i really wouldn't have but if i'm in it like i don't care if my if it's going to build a a temple or or going to a poor family or going to save children what do i care do you know what i mean like i can see not recognizing but but legally i'm sure that's very fraudulent (laughs) right i'm sure it is and and the fact that he passed away i know a lot of podcasters now feel like i guess we should just kind of let it go it's hard to podcast it's hard to put these things out about him this was not a one-off he was a plug in a system that the system still exists they put a new plug in we want to understand the system still for people like we need we still need to talk about it you know yep that is the bottom line is this our last slide, Landon? That's our last slide. Yep. Uh, oh my oh. goodness! I can't even believe it. Oh, we have the, happy we have new year. Happy new. Get our horn. There we go. That's right. Although this is airing before New Year's, but yeah, we oh, just wanted crap. to. And you know, there were now that we were going through, I kept going, "Oh crap! We should have talked about that and that." Nobody has five hours to sit here. I don't think it do that, but it just proves there are so many interesting stories out there. If you're looking, and there's a lot to learn from each one. There's a lot of ways I think that we can make a difference in these stories just by, I don't know, keeping them alive, bringing them to light, yes. um, well, trying to make be- people aware, bigger picture kind of story. Do you have any last thoughts, Landon, and then Monique, and then we'll let everybody get back to their celebrating, right? <laughs> I, I just think 2023 was the wildest year of Mormon watching ever. And if this trend continues, get ready. 2024 is going to be a wild ride. <laughs> right. Well, you heard I it here from Landon. I think we're seeing religious dis- deconstruction from all over. Yeah. And so it's all kind of conjoining now. We're all like seeing Venn diagrams and similar experiences and though collectively i feel like the world is leveling up that's my hope we're spiritually going hold on we're done with the dogma yep. we're anyway um i yes i hope everyone has a happy new year i agree that this is there's not enough time but these are important things to kind of keep tally on i also think it would be fun if you pulled your audience for lists of like topics like like for example like the 50 craziest mormon myths you know legends i saw someone do that on twitter and there's some crazy things yeah. or or some of the wildest stories in pioneer history. Like we could, my point is, is there's so much stuff that's like, whoa, 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 whoa. And it's helpful. It's entertaining in some cases, but deconstructing and healing in others to to cap cap all of them, go over them all. So anyway, this was fun. No, it was really fun. We're so glad. And we also, I think we talked about even doing an episode on Visions of Glory because you kind of touched on it today, but you have experience of having read it and being part of OUR. So I think we'll definitely plan for that in the new year, which is something for everybody to look for. I fall for everything, Rebecca. No, you do not fall for it, but you definitely- I have all the books, all the end of books. I'm like, oh God. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but you have this mindset that the, the rest of us that had not really heard of it or had read it or maybe had deconstructed yeah. long before, you know, we didn't, we weren't aware of that. So it's interesting to see the mindset. A lot of people, we've seen posts where people say, oh my God, one of my family members just gave me that book. The book is not dead. The book no, is I know. still out and there. It, I mean, I thought it's it was not a even near death. <laughs> it's <laughs> not even near death. It's not- it, it wasn't until Wait I saw a Lori Daybell's that next to her at the pool when she was arrested in Hawaii that I went, yeah. oh. That's what I mean. It's everywhere. So it really is. That's so gross. Yeah. Good to keep it alive. So all right. Well, thanks for hanging in there, everybody. And please have a wonderful rest of your Christmas season and then an incredible New Year's. And we will see you again in 2024. And I agree with Monique. 
um, let us know what you would like to see. Let us know topics you'd like to cover. Please comment. Please like. Please subscribe to Mormonish if you haven't already. If you would like to be made aware of when new episodes come out, you can hit that notification bell and you'll be made aware when we are dropping an episode. If you would like to help financially support Mormonish podcast, which many of you do, we appreciate it so much. There are links in um, the show notes to PayPal or, and Venmo and um information on how you can help support us financially. And we just appreciate you all. The end of 2023 was our first year. We actually started in November. So the full year of 2023 was our first year up and running. And we just can't believe just the people that we've met and the subscribers that we've gotten and the guests that we've had on. It's just been this amazing, incredible journey. And we're excited to see what 2020 four has to show. So thank you, Landon. Thank you, Monique. Happy New Year, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thanks for joining us for another episode of Mormonish. We really appreciate our listeners and would love to hear from you if you have a story you'd like to share. You can email us at mormonishpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and on our website, mormonishpodcast.org. And don't forget to look for us on YouTube and like and subscribe. Keep joyful, everybody.